Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. I'm very excited because this week I finally, finally, finally can welcome back one of my favorite guests who has not been on this show for a long time because he really let me down in that he stopped keeping up for a little bit. And that's unacceptable if you're a Feathers in My Hair guest. But I got a text last week that was like, why is Janelle threatening to kill Leah's boyfriend just out of the blue or whatever the text said, but it was about Janelle and Leah's boyfriend. I was like, oh, a bitch is back, is she? <laughs> She's come home, has she? And that was one Troy McEady. Hi, Troy. Hi, Liz. How are you? Oh, I'm well. How are you? I just ate um, an entire loaf of bread and then like a uh, Italian dinner and cheesecake for my mom's birthday. So I kind of want to die. You're living though. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks. You, um, I mean, you just caught me right in the middle of reading an article about muscular dystrophy. Uh, just out of the kindness of my heart. I wasn't doing it for any reason besides that. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. First of all, let me just apologize let me just first and foremost apologize. You know, the reason is because my TV scam that I've got worked out with my mom's passwords got the best of me and lost my MTV. We're all there. <laughs> nodding along like, mm-hmm, easy my dad's password, got it. <laughs> I lost MTV and I was distraught. And like, I could have like definitely obviously just like illegally streamed it on the internet, but I like watching it on my TV. I am, this is so insane. I'm paying for a season pass of this show on Amazon because I like to watch it on my TV and MTV's app for Roku is like garbage and I cannot stand it. So I like pay for it because I'm like, but I want to watch it on the TV. Yeah. I like to like curl up on my couch and like watch it like on my TV, like loud. I need to hear, I need to hear Kale's voice very loud. (laughs) (laughs) So you're back. You've caught up. I'm back. I caught up. I just watched the new episode today. Like, I'm I'm so invigorated by Teen Mom right now. And it was actually a good episode, although, like, I literally can't believe the episode you're back, Janelle, just wasn't on the episode. I know! I was like, of course. And not only was Janelle not on the episode, they didn't do Barbara. They didn't no do anything. Like, I got Jan- nothing. They were just like, mm, Janelle has to get surgery. <laughs> You know that I watched the show for Janelle. Yeah. And so we, that was painful. I don't know where they're going to go from here. Like, I don't really understand how... They cannot have Janelle back next season in this capacity, right? Like, they cannot. No. Well, do you think that they're going to just give the show... Like, is it just going to be Barbara's... Is Barbara's segment... Or is Janelle's segment just going to become Barbara's? So, I remember, like, a lot of people calling for that. I don't think that will ever happen because I think that it's very important for MTV that the, that this stays teen mom and that 
Yeah. If the teen mom is not on the show, then no one in their universe can be on the show. And we could argue that like Barbara is absolutely a main character. Nathan is pretty much a main character. Barbara's the one that has Jace. Jace was the kid from 16 and Pregnant. But in my opinion, MTV will never do that. And like, it has to be Janelle's universe that surrounds her. And right. they can even do like, Janelle literally pops up for 14 seconds an episode. And then we see like the rest of her casting characters, which is what they'll have to do. If she refuses to film and they want to keep her on the show. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't see a world in which, like you're telling me, and here's kind of how I know this. In what world do they just keep Barbara going, but they like don't keep Deb and Mike on OG? You know what I mean? Like with Farrah going, like her universe left. We don't have Farrah on OG anymore. Nothing involving Farrah is on OG. Like, of course MTV would love to pop on over to Iowa and see what Debs is doing. Right. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, especially with Janelle, because without, I mean, it's not like Barbara is like, you know, raising her other children. Like that cuts off the connection between the other kids, which people are invested in now. Yeah, it just... It ju- even if though Barb was, Barbara was raising all the kids, I just think that it would really take away from the, <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to use this word, <laughs> the integrity of the show. Yeah. And the idea of the show is that it's teen mom. And yes, they've even gotten away from that on OG, bringing Cheyenne in. But I mean, and this kind of goes to my point, like if this show wasn't supposed to be about moms and like young moms, they would have just cast Corey on Teen Mom OG. Because yeah. they don't give a fuck about Cheyenne. Cheyenne got cast so they could have Corey. That was like why she's on TV. So I I just really believe that like they're never going to step away from having the mom be like the central focus and the main character. But like I don't know how they keep Janelle on air if like she will not film. You're right. And if they wanted to like really break the I don't know if that that really wouldn't be considered breaking the fourth wall, but like sort of like you said, like break the the integrity of what the show has been. The format. The format, yeah. Like they could have done that forever ago and it probably would have been easier for them. So if they haven't done it yet, I don't think they would do it now. They could have done it when, well, I guess because the fourth wall wasn't broken, but I was going to say like, I mean, OG went off the air originally when Amber went to prison and they could have just kept filming Gary, you know? That's so true. And they could have done that, like you said, with Farrah, like, I mean, I'm sure the producers would have loved a world in which they just filmed her mom and not had to have dealt with her. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, pop into them, like, every once in a while. You know, maybe not every episode, but, like, and we all know Farrah would allow this. Like, we get, yeah. like, a, a Debs and uh, Sophia hanging out every once in a while. Like, they would love yeah. that every third episode, just, like, pop in. Like, they would do it. I just, I don't, and I don't really think they should. You know, first Yeah, I don't either. First of all, anybody that wants more Barbara, it's like the minute we get Barbara's main character is the minute this entire audience flips on her and it's like she is a crazy bitch because Barbara only works as like a foil to Janelle and is in in opposition to Janelle because Janelle is such a monster, right? You're like, I mean, Barbara's pretty great. Yeah, Barbara is literally the Kramer of this show. Like, she pops in, she says a couple wacky lines that we can barely tell what they are, and then she leaves. You know what I mean? Like, a, a Kramer spinoff would have never worked for a reason. I mean, Joey's spinoff did not work for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. We like, like the wackiness uh, to pick us up from the lows, and then that's it. That's all yeah. we need. And if we're not thinking about how awful Janelle is, and 
I mean, that the first scene we get, which will happen if Barbara's the main character, of her screaming at Jace the way she oh used to scream God. at Janelle. Could you oh imagine the God. audience reaction? They would be like, oh. And it'd be different because even when we first saw Barbara doing that with Janelle, Janelle was already like, remember we watched her 16 pregnant, like Janelle was already awful. Like from the right. moment we saw, I mean, in my opinion, probably for good reason because of a lifetime of trauma and abuse. But like she was already awful by the time she came on TV. But Jace is like a little innocent baby. Right. And if we got Barbara like in Jace's face, like screaming at him, Jace having like an ADHD ODD meltdown where he's like punching holes in the wall, the audience would be like, oh, no, thank you. Like you're mm-hmm. really bad. But right now you can be like, well, she's not Janelle. Janelle's like fucking awful. And Barbara's like, she's, she's good. Yeah, because she's not Janelle, and I don't think Barbara would look very good in a world where Janelle isn't there looking worse. Or like more of Barbara's drinking. I mean, if it wasn't just like, I mean, could you imagine? Oh my god, you're right. (laughs) Like Barbara's life. I mean, I pray and hope, like with age and money, she's calmed down. But I kind of doubt she's like all of a sudden acquired these like beautiful parenting skills in which she does not have to scream at Jace because she's a screamer. (laughs) Yeah. She's also like 68 years old. Like I just kind of doubt that's changed. Right. And I just, I mean, it's probably gotten better because the reality is, it's like, she's not poor anymore. She is still a single mom, but she has resources. You know, she doesn't have to go to her shitty job. Like mm-hmm. she lives money wise, pretty stress free, which obviously changes a lot. But like Jace is a kid with a lot of issues. And I just think it would be really bad for Barbara if she was the main character. I think so too. And it's like you said, like not that at that point they wouldn't have like the juxtaposition be to use Janelle as like the bad one. And then Barbara's like the good one that kind of saves the day when it's just her, like as a fully developed character, mm-hmm. we'd have to see all of it. You know what I mean? And, and Barbara's got some dark shit going on that we don't get to see all the time. Oh yeah. Well also like we would see Janelle's sister come in who's crazier oh. than her. Oh my God. Like why is Ashley allowed? Then we would see Ashley and, Barbara screaming at each other in front of Jace and Gabriel and the little son Atlas. And you'd be like, why are all these kids watching this? And we've like moved away from that. You know, we don't really see Janelle Barbara fighting in front of Jace anymore. So we like, and that that doesn't happen. Well, it doesn't happen at least in front of Jace between the two of them. But we would see like Ashley going crazy and then maybe Colin like setting fire to the house. And (laughs) like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. Like let's, where's Kiefer? (laughs) Seriously. I always forget that, uh, that she has a sister until you remind me. The the hair on my arm stand. And she's not well. And that's something that I always forget about when I'm doing a mental calculation of Jace's trauma. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. That like the fights that, cause Barbara and Ashley fight like Janelle and Barbara do and have a relationship similar to them. And yikes. Like, once Ashley, like, filmed herself, like, kidnapping her own child. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. And, like, put I've, it online. You know, when I was, um, when I was doing research for, the, like, the Eminem episode of The Smush Room, I was like, mm-hmm. this is Jace's future life. <gasps> like, he will be, he's a little Marshall Mathers. Like, he's going to be writing poetry about his mom's spaghetti in his room. He's going to grow up and be a little white rapper and use rap as poetry. I can see it. Like, he's going to be a little damaged white rapper. That's really accurate. Right? <laughs> that was like bone chilling. <laughs> I know. I like couldn't he, stop thinking about it. He is Jay, 100%. 
Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> wow. And I mean, oh God, just like wake me up when Jace is writing songs about murdering Janelle. You know, I mean, like can we talk? Can we talk? I, I pray for the day that he discovers the Marshall Mathers EP and like it's <laughs> oh. inspired by that. I mean, it's it that is honey, you've got a big storm coming. Oh, he so <laughs> will be. <laughs> be like, this guy gets it. Like he gets me. His they have the same mom. Holy shit, that's so accurate. Ugh, little Jace. Poor little Jace. I know. <laughs> But yeah, Janelle was not in this episode. Like, literally, she was in this episode for long enough to tell Kristen it felt like she'd been punched in the face, which probably wasn't the best word choice. Yeah, I know. I was like, Janelle, don't say that right now. I thought about that. She's like, left side of my face is just stopped up, dude. Stopped up. But I think, okay, I can't remember already what they showed on the season, but in real life, she got the surgery before the 911 call. Because in the 911 call, she talks about the fact that she just had surgery. Can I just ask you, and I don't even know if you know the answer to this, but like, what does a, a nasal blockage surgery even I know, look like? I know what she had. She had, um, and to be fair, Janelle has been talking about this for a long time. She had like such a bad deviated septum that she was getting like chronic sinus infections and they're okay. like never getting better. And she was always having like ear no like just total ear, nose, and throat issues. But I always kind of just ascribe Janelle like doctor shops and gets pills and also just like I think Janelle is a Yolanda Foster and that she just like loves being sick and loves the yeah. for being sick. So like when Janelle tweets like nine thousand times, like she's always like always has a sinus infection, always has a sore throat, always has the flu. You know, there's just like, Mm -hmm. she's always sick. So when she did get this, I think it was just, it's like a sepioplasty, I think is how you pronounce it. It basically is like to fix your deviated septum, but you know, it's not rhinoplasty. It doesn't fix your nose too. Okay. I'm so Jewish. I'm like, it doesn't fix your nose. (laughs) I was going to say, is she about to get a free nose job? Like the only important part of it. I'm like, well, it like corrects your deviated septum, but you know, like it doesn't fix your nose. Like Like my friend's mom got like, um, she had a a stomach surgery and it ended up being like a tummy tuck. (laughs) Love that. So she like has these like rock hard abs and it's like out of nowhere. And she calls it her free tummy tuck. And I was like, Janelle about to get a free nose job on it? Like, is that what that means? So it's definitely a thing. Like, Jax Taylor, when he got his uh, deviated septum fixed, they, like, they went in and changed his nose. So a lot of people will do both at once because it's, like, they have to break your nose, you know, and, like, you're going under. So you may as well, if you're already, like, going under general anesthesia, you're going to have to recover from it. Like, you might as well get get the nose fixed, too. But I think Janelle re- didn't get rhinoplasty. I don't think she really needs it. She has a nice no. nose. Um, yeah, a little nose. But Janelle's just like in her... First of all, this is like exactly how I picture Janelle at all times. Just like in her car with her hood up and being like, I'm dying. I know. I'm hurting, dude. My face hurts. <laughs> and Kristen being like, are you okay? Are you okay? Do you need me to do anything? Like Kristen's level of franticness like I in real life would not be able to handle that I I don't do well with frantic people they make me very unnerved and Kristen's level of like and I know she does this because she's very good at her job and Janelle responds to it yes likes people like feeling frantic over her like I Mm -hmm. I know why Kristen does it 
But when she's like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, you need to get home. What are you doing? I'm like, let's all take a breath. It's so funny you say that because I, I, I never really um, thought about it until I was watching this episode of like how crazy and like frantic and like sort of neurotic she is all the time, especially in comparison to all the other girls' producers. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all so, like, Kale's producer is literally a vase in her house, like, who occasionally speaks. I mean, he is like the most chill, like, they're all so subdued and like chill and like nurturing. And she is on another level. And I think, so I do think it's interesting to watch the approach that the producers like have taken for each girl. We yeah. rarely see Leah interacting with producers. We really, we don't see her with, I don't even know like who her main producer is. Maybe I know. We don't really see with her producers like interacting often, but so the three off the top of my head that I can think of is Kale with her new producer this year, Patrick. Cause remember right. she, have JT who yeah. was more buddy 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 with her yeah. and I think they realized JT had to be replaced he went over to OG and I think they realized that they can't have somebody that's buddy buddy with Kale because Kale t- turns on her friends quickly yes it's so true oh my so God. it worked when it worked and then Kale was like you know she instantly turned when she was done and I mm-hmm. think that this Patrick guy the approach that he's taking with her is Kale likes to talk. I mean, relatable. And right. she just wants somebody that's there that she can talk at, that like yes. doesn't push at her, doesn't try and set scenes up. And so I think what Patrick does is he let he'll just be like, so VTEX did you? And she just like is ready to go. And I think what Kale hated about JT at the end was he'd be like trying to push. And Kale doesn't really necessarily need to be pushed. She'll offer it. Right. That's what Patrick's doing. Mandy is Chelsea's best friend. Oh, yeah. Chelsea like, loves best friends. Yeah, yes. And, like, yeah, like, having, like, those kind of conversations really, really ignites Chelsea of being, like, your girlfriend. Yeah. She wants, like, Mandy is definitely, and, I mean, she's been, like, I'm sure they're actually genuinely close. They've worked together for many years now and in a very intimate setting, you know? They, yeah. they work together in Chelsea's home. Like, it's not, like, your coworker at work. Yeah, But Mandy definitely takes like the, oh my God, so tell me the goss, like what's going on, girl? And Chelsea's like, girl, like you would not believe. And then Chelsea also can constantly brag to Mandy about right. the bowl. And like Mandy oh my God. really reaffirms it. Mandy yes. would be like, she caught, and she, she teased Chelsea up with these and she'd be like, so what did Cole think of it? And she'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, well. <laughs> and Chelsea loves that. She's living for her gig at that moment. Yeah. And so I think Mandy's really good with her that way. And then Kristen is like incredibly good at making Janelle, I think one, feel like Janelle's in charge. Two, like jumping into the chaos that is Janelle Mm -hmm. and playing along with it and not like, because I'm sure in her head as any rational person would be be like, this is is erratic like everything in this life is crazy you know it's like i've always said like don't apply rational thought to janelle because she's an irrational person and i think kristen has a very good ability of getting into the irrationality of janelle's world and acting like it's normal Mm -hmm. she's so good at making her feel heard Mm -hmm. yeah she just like she like lets janelle tell her lies and kristen's like oh okay Mm -hmm. yeah i get it and janelle's like oh you do great 
I mean, it's got to be, I I applaud her because it's got to be, you know, it takes a very specific kind of person to literally watch like child abuse be going on and have to like kind of turn your face to it and like act like you didn't see David just like fucking yoke up a kid by his shoulder blade or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's, that's intense. That's an, she's got a really, I, I do not feel any envy for her or uh, Farrah's former producer at all. (laughs) No, I definitely think it like takes a certain type of skill to be able to talk to an irrational person and make that person feel heard, Mm -hmm. sane, reasonable. Yeah, not judged. I would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. Like three minutes in, I'd be like, we need to just back it up for a minute. (laughs) I'd be like, wait, what? No, but like two minutes ago, you just said something that like completely contradicts that. Yeah, exactly. dude stop but Kristen like here's the contradiction and she's like true okay mm-hmm. wide-eyed yeah oh that <laughs> that stare of hers <laughs> just shaking your head up and down and wide-eyed like it's no emotion show nothing show no weakness <laughs> I think she's also very good with Barbara because she is able to make Barbara feel like they're friends but I think mm-hmm. I think that Barbara very much cares that Kristen seemingly cares for Janelle and is yeah. antagonistic with Janelle. And yeah. I think that Kristen never comes to Barbara really shit talking Janelle. And I think Barbara wants to be able to leave the shit talk, but she doesn't want you to necessarily engage in it. Exactly. Yeah. Like don't, I can talk about my kid and I love that you get it, but don't, don't think that you can say something. Yes. And I think Kristen knows exactly how much she can say. And I think if Barbara felt that Kristen was, it's so, and it, this must be very hard to play because on one hand she has to be pro Barbara, but she also can't be anti Janelle. Right. Exactly. God damn. To be a teen mom producer. It's just like, you are along. It's like being along for like a fucking amazing race. Like you never yeah. know what you're going to be involved in. Like if you're, you could be a shootout, you know what I mean? There could be cops involved. You never know if you're with Janelle every day is death defying. Like, I, imagine David showing up with that fucking gun strapped, and then he starts screaming. Imagine being any sort of minority and having to follow. Are you kidding? Imagine <laughs> being gay or black or anything and having to spend all all day in the woods with David. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Although, as I've said a hundred times before, I think I would actually be more scared of Janelle and her gun showing up. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because Janelle would just shoot you and then be like, <laughs> oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? I didn't mean to do that. Didn't mean to do that. Like, <laughs> Oh my Janelle- God, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Janelle will shoot you and then like, then think about the fact that she shot you. But I, I think David is more controlled in his actions. Yeah. David would just, David would actually polish his guns and shit in front of you and want to see you like tremble but maybe not ever shoot you like yes. you know what I mean yes you would make Janelle... him, watch him gut a deer or something but never make you interact with it truly Janelle would shoot shoot first think second I think is <laughs> Janelle's actual life motto <laughs> I agree <laughs> so yeah Miss Janelle although I will say it was like it was a good episode but I loved it the big but is that only because Chelsea actually did something this episode and Kale did something. So this show, I think the issue is, is that like they, 
there are some episodes that can work without Janelle, but the other girls, there's never two of them on the same episode consistently bringing it every single week. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I really, I really had, I don't know what it was about this week. I've been watching this show for 10 years. You know how I feel about it, but it was mm-hmm. something about this episode where I had this like moment with Kale where I was like, I don't know. Like I just, I think it's really fascinating and I really wanted to talk to you about this. I personally find it very fascinating that Kale is like a woman on TV who just like literally, even though this is like a low budget ass show, it's isn't like fucking the West Wing, but like she just doesn't care about being likable. And like, she's never cared. Like, I think that, because I yeah. last week we were talking about how um, the public has like a really visceral reaction to her, and I feel like it's because we, like both men, women, straight, gay, whatever. Like I feel like we have a hard time watching women on TV who aren't likable. Like you want them to like you want the woman that you're watching on TV for some reason to be likable. It's like this innate thing that's in us, and she just like a, that's why people love Chelsea because she yes. works so hard at looking likable and saying the right things and always being perfect. And Kale could not give two fucks if you like her. If anything, she leans into being unlikable. (laughs) Which is wild. It's really honestly so crazy. You're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. I essentially completely agree with that. And I think Tomlin always points to this, that there's also a layer of the fact that Kale's like 5'9". Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Like she's not... I wonder what it would look like if Lee, if Kale had Leah's body. Oh my God. You're so right. Cause her height definitely plays a role. She like intimidates Javi physically. I mean, also <laughs> like she literally like hit Javi. On I forgot it. I just said that she like, beat him up. Yeah. Which isn't funny, but like she does use her, her yeah. like, body to like be even more intimidating. She I've also like it. She like the way she stands, she stand she'll stand very aggressively. She uses her hands to talk. Like she's a very physical person. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if she was five one and hundred and ten pounds. Like yeah. if we would find her the aggression she has so like upsetting. And we would find her as unlikable and irredeemable. I one hundred percent agree with you it'd be an interesting thing to like because yeah I think that that also plays a factor in why people think she's like even more mean Mm -hmm. um but it's like it's just wild it's a it's crazy like she just does not she doesn't give a fuck and by the way she doesn't care if her friends think she's likable not just us no no her children nobody her exes she doesn't care if you like her at all we'll be back after a quick break And I think it's the hard part about watching that. The hardest part about watching that is that, like, you know it comes from just, like, a place of crushing insecurity. Yeah. And so it's not even, like... And I think this also might be a woman thing because I wonder if a man was acting this way, if I would be so quick to ascribe it to insecurity. But I think for Kale, it really is, like, from that place. And it's obviously from her childhood. And Kale is, like... I always say Kale's constantly in fight or flight mode and she's always choosing to fight. And it, first of all, it must be fucking exhausting. 
oh my god it seems like it i mean she can't even have a conversation like i get on edge when i watch janelle talk to people that she's like even close to because i'm like you say one wrong thing Mm-hmm. And this is going to go left. Like, she's going to raise her eyebrows and starts talking a mile a minute and just bulldoze you into submission until you agree with her. Yeah, and I think this also, it's interesting because Kale has only been getting so much money and fame and attention has made this, like, a hundred times worse. Yeah, like, validating it. It validates it, but it creates this power dynamic in her life with everyone that's in her life. Because remember, like, she doesn't have family that can be like, hey, go fuck yourself. Like, I really don't care how you feel, but like, we're still family. We're still going to be in each other's lives. Like, and I can tell you what it's like. Mm -hmm. Um, Because she like doesn't have that, she really doesn't care for friends to like her because she's like, well, I bought you all this stuff. So most of her friends will like kind of kowtow to her anyway. And if they don't, she just cuts them off. Because yeah. Gail has cut off. I feel like once you've totally cut off your mom and like your entire family. Exactly. What's cutting off a friend? Who cares? Exactly. I mean, she goes through life just fully like in like warrior mode, like all the time. Like you're lucky to be a part of it if you are. And if you're not, peace. I'll never think of you again. Like, you know what I mean? She's just so mm-hmm. quick to like, she's so quick to want to like go to battle and it's really sad like watching what's happening with her and joe because they've come so far and so far it's one of the like one of the positive things about this show now is like watching how amazing they are at co-parenting and they're just right back where they started i was surprised when she said like her mortgage and car payment together weren't twenty three hundred dollars so it's like maybe our spending isn't out of control as i thought it was i thought the same thing i was like oh a modest queen all right <laughs> although she apparently is building a home and like ba- breaking ground on it very soon um which like whatever build yourself a five-bedroom mcmansion in dover delaware like <laughs> yeah like, your mortgage still isn't gonna be like that crazy exactly um, but rich but when she like I do get what she's saying, as I said last week, like, about the back child support, like... It's outrageous. What kills me is when she's like, I have no intention of having a conversation with him. It's like, girl, are we still doing this? Like, I would accept that response from you at 17, but, like, you're a fucking grown-ass woman now. You have three children. You know you're gonna have to talk to them. Your kids are, like, basically newborn in comparison to how much raising you have to do with these kids. Like, just stop with the games. (laughs) Come on. Oh, and I did want to say one more thing about her not caring if people like her. I think that's part of the reason why she's so obsessed with Chris, Lex's dad, because she is the only, he's probably one of the only people in her life that she actively is like desperate to keep in her life. That's like, nah, I'm cool. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. He's like, nah. She doesn't really, he won't get on the show. So she can't hold the show over his head. Oh my God. He, I mean, I'm sure he, like, takes stuff from her, but, like, not, I doubt she's, like, paying his rent or his car note. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. she definitely does not have the power over Chris that she has with everyone else, and she is always the one that ends friendships and ends, like, ends relationships, even if she doesn't necessarily, like, want it to happen. She, it's like a fuck you before you can say fuck me thing. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. And Chris, I think, like, the reason that she is so obsessed with him is because he just will not give her that satisfaction. And he'll be like, 
okay, well, like, I'm just going to go see the other girl I'm seeing. Like, I don't really care if you don't want to hang out. Damn, that's so true. He gave her the old, the, <laughs> the old reverse psychology trick. Yeah. And it, I mean, it works for him because I think whenever he wants to come around, he gets to come around. Yeah. And, she, and then if she's not around, she spends her time sort of emotionally chasing after him. Yeah. It's, I still can't believe Chris hasn't come on the show. I honestly can't either. I'm wait, I've been waiting for the moment where I'm like surprised or shocked by his appearance, even if it's just in like a car. You know, something. they offer, they have to have offered him a lot of money. Cause you know, every time they, he says no, they come back with more money. Do you think that he ever will? I don't know. He's been a little more active on social media. He's doing some Instagram lives. Here's the thing. I think Chris might be very intelligent and he realizes he can get the social media fame. Like all he has to do is kind of interact with Kim on Twitter and like all of a sudden he has 10,000 Instagram followers type of situation without giving up the right to control the narrative by going over to MTV. And I think for him that might be enough because at first I was like, maybe he just genuinely like doesn't want attention at all. But now I'm noticing he like, We'll tweet some shit to Kim. You know, he'll like respond to her bullshit, like subtweets that she's always doing. Like he, he definitely knows what he's doing. He has all public social media, Like he could easily have private social media and nobody would yeah. be able to see shit about him. Like if, if he didn't have a public Twitter and Instagram, we would know nothing about him except for what Kale says. So yeah. he definitely plays into the attention a little bit. Like you're going on Instagram live. Like if you go on Instagram live, it's cause you like attention. Which, like, I mean, yeah. We yeah. all like attention. Yeah. But I think that he really does not want to give maybe one, like I said, I think he doesn't want to give Kale like the teen mom gift and have her like be able to control that with him and be like, well, I'm going to take away. You're not going to be able to film without me. Like, yeah, probably doesn't want to give Kale that. And I think he just doesn't want to give up, rightfully, the reason I would never go on a reality TV show is because unless I had, like, complete creative control. Yeah, I mean, especially with, like, what you posted um, about, like, what Mackenzie said with, like, MTV being able to just kind of have free reign over their life whenever they <laughs> feel like making up. Is that true? I don't think so. But I think Mackenzie maybe feels like it's true. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like, I don't know. Just, uh, for, I mean, like, it probably feels... I can't even imagine how invasive it actually feels. <sighs> I, I mean, like, oh, especially when they're trying to, like, get your dirt. Because that's mm-hmm. the whole point of the show is, like, how fucked up is your life? Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely... I, though, I... To me, I definitely understand, like, why he doesn't want to come on the show. But I guarantee you every, like, every season they come back to him with more money. Because it'd be a huge get for them. Yeah. Damn. And I do, I, again, I feel really, I feel really bad. Like, I just don't like seeing her and Joe not get along. Something about it makes me feel really gross, especially knowing like where they came from. Yeah, I think, I don't like it either because I think that in our, well, I think part of it is that we all know Isaac is such a sensitive little boy. And when Kale and Joe aren't getting along, I, I think, at least for me, I guess I'll speak in the me, I feel like as a viewer, I'm taking a step backwards or Isaac like trauma like we're going backwards and like yeah. the happiness in Isaac's life and yeah. then they made like such like forward progress and putting Isaac first and like dealing with Isaac and making sure Isaac's happy and stable 
and he like got through Javi. God only knows what he sees with her and Chris fighting. And so like the last thing we want is to see now Isaac have like to deal with this again. Yeah. It's so sad. Like I, I, <laughs> I remember I used to get like really, really upset when uh, her and Javi had like first broken up and like, Oh I, God! He would ask like, "If am I going to Javi's house? Why am I not allowed? Is he still my dad? Like, what's my room at Javi's house look like?" Oh my God! Like my heart broke. I just like I literally weep for him. Like he's my everything. He Javi had both the boys at a basketball game at a Sixers game last weekend. Like Javi is still. I think Javi has basically taken on like an uncle role to Isaac, and I think that that's the mo- most appropriate place for him to be. Yeah, I agree. It does feel that way. An uncle rule is a good way to describe it. And it is like, it's nice. It's like, it's nice to see them all like hang out and stuff together still. Yeah, like it's the more of the adults that love a kid, the better. Like he was very active in the early part of his life, but I don't think keeping Isaac as, or keeping Javi as a stepdad post-divorce was ever going to be realistic. And I don't think it would be healthy for Isaac, these, this, I think in some situations it could work, you know, like with some yeah. parents, it could, especially when there's like a shared sibling involved, especially when the stepdad was involved for the first basically six years of that child's life. Like, I definitely think there are situations where it could work, but with Kale and Javi, it could not work. So I think that it's good that Isaac seems to have a good, but not necessarily super close relationship with him yeah for sure it's also nice to know that like (laughs) not that I think Kale is like a really good mom but it's nice to know that like Javi's like so emotional and it's nice to know that they have like you know you know what I'm trying to say I think Kale's a good mom I think first of all I think the question of like what's a good mom is like so complex and so hard to answer and there are a million things that she does really well and there are a million things that she does really bad. And I think the outcome like of her kids is going to have a lot to do with just like their natural brain chemistry and how they deal with like her chaos. Yeah. And I think that the lack of stability is definitely a problem. I think that she really get, did her kids a disservice with how the divorce with Javi happened and then getting pregnant so quickly with someone that she wasn't really even in a relationship with. Like, I think she really did those kids a disservice and having them on these custody scu- Like, there's a lot of instability in Kale's life and we all know that. And I think that that, like, that stuff is all in bad mom category. Oh, and then also, like, she's not vaccinating her kids. So, like, that's bad mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I kind of don't even want to think about the vaccination stuff because it's like, if we think about the vaccination stuff, it's all there is to think about. You know I know, I, mean? I know. It's like all encompassing. And it's like, so let's just like, I'm look, this might be controversial, but I'm like, I'm very pro-vaccination. I think it's disgusting that Kale's and vaccine looks like I'm definitely, definitely, definitely not on her side. But I think like it makes the discussion boring if we're like, well, she doesn't vaccinate, bad mom. And we agreed. Like that. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. That works for like me leaving like a snide comment on Facebook, but like it doesn't work for this podcast. Well, especially because we've watched the progression of like her parenting. I mean, I think that like I actually get very triggered by Kale sometimes because I'm like, if I were a if I were a woman who had given birth to a child, like I think that I would be very similar in the way that I would raise them in a lot of ways because it's like, you know, I'm an ENTP. You know what I mean? I'm very logical. I'm logical to a fault. And like sometimes I do forget to like 
incorporate like an emotional outlook on how somebody may feel. And I feel like she's always been that way, especially with, um, with Isaac, that like mm-hmm. you have this like emotional child who is so emotionally raw all the time. And the way that she handles tough situations with him is just so like, sometimes just so cold and like stoic and like, this is just how it is. And you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like triggering sometimes for me. And, uh, I think in that aspect, like that's something that she could definitely work on, but like, she's just, just to t- like logically such a good mom. Like she like is there for a kid. She like yeah present. She takes care of them. She puts them first and all those things. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I can, I completely agree with that. And like I said, I think that's part, like I said last week with just like, we have this visceral reaction to Kale because I think in a way her faults are very relatable. Mm-hmm. And I think you're definitely right that she just like has a really hard time applying empathy to situations and feelings to situations. And for her, like when I say like, you know, how this was like really bad for your kids, this instability, like Kale sits and thinks like, well, they have a nice home like exactly. go to the same schools like they get to do all their activities mm-hmm. like they're not actually having a bad childhood and it's like no you're right like they're not having a bad childhood but she could be I think what frustrates me is that like a lot of her choices are just so deliberately wrong like she's yeah so she's not just like making a bad choice by happenstance and like oh whoops like this thing happened like she is like full full what clear eyes full heart bad choice (laughs) (laughs) no it's true and then she like is so hard-headed that she has to like like lean into it really hard and very like you know like aggressive about her bad choice and be like that's what i wanted to do and it's like god she's like a dog with a bone sometimes it's like fuck and like and i think also the lying doesn't help when she just, like, <laughs> she's like, this pregnancy was planned. And we're like, bitch. I know. This she pregnancy was wrong. This pregnancy was not planned. So I think that that definitely, and also like, she's a, like when she said last week, she's like, I might have to pay him $10,000 a month. And it's like, mm, no, you won't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. $1,000 know. a month. That means you're making like $40,000 a month. And like, mm, no, you're not. <laughs> And, like, is there a world, and this is me asking as somebody who knows literally nothing about, like, the court system when it comes to child support, is there a world in which, like, if that did go through, she would have to pay him $60,000? Like, is that a thing? I mean, yeah, if she had, well, okay. Also, this was her lying again, because she's like, I'm going to have to pay two years of back support, but it's always been nine months, because it was like, this was happening in September, October, and the 50-50 started in January. So she would only have to pay child support till the, like from when the fifth, that back child support of like nine months. So whatever nine times $2,000 is, is what like, so she would have had to pay like, like $22,000, like not $60,000. Like, okay. and that's another like way that Kale says so unlikable is that she just like tells these lies that are so outrageous where like, you know, last week she like clearly was saying he wants nine months of back child support. And then this week she's like, he wants two years of back child support. And you're like, wait a minute. Wait, yeah. How did we get from here to here? It's confusing. It's, it's, it, it gets confusing with her where I'm like, what are the facts? Oh, truly. It's been, <laughs> Kale, Kale's not a, doesn't live a fact-based life. <laughs> it's true no but facts and then she spearheads her um her poor choices of bad decisions 
It's different though than Janelle because Janelle, Janelle like lies so much, and it's interesting because Kale and Janelle lie so differently mm-hmm. and with like such different goals. And I, Janelle will lie and be like, "I never said that," but like Kale will lie and then like spin and like gaslight me into like almost believing like the spin. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating because Janelle. Like, while we're on the topic of, like, likability, Janelle is, like, so concerned with being liked. Do you know what I mean? concerned and has no idea how to be liked. But she wants to so bad. And, like, she'll make these horrible decisions and, like, know that they're terrible. But then just, like, lives this crazy life of, like, trying to avoid landmines and lies and and, and theatrics and stunts and gags and gigs because she just lies about everything and everything is, like, a facade. A poor one, by the way. But, like, yeah. she's so concerned with being liked. Like, she wants us, the audience, to find her redeemable, like, so bad. Yeah, and she it's kind of amazing that she truly has not, in 10 years, has not learned at all how to do <laughs> it. <laughs> how to just simply be liked by the audience who's watched you grow up. Like, completely unable to. It, she has no concept bad. of it. It's sad. <laughs> All right, let's talk about V and the fact that V called a producer of her and was like, come to my house when Joe isn't home because I want to get on record. Oh, I know. I'm that a good I don't agree with them. What did you think about that? I, okay, I could tell last week that she was pissed. She seemed very embarrassed by the conversation. She was like, I don't want to take money from her. And you could tell she was like trying not to step on Joe's toes, but like wasn't into it. And I thought it was very interesting. V is definitely more of a private person. She doesn't seem to love filming, but they do it because it makes them a shit ton of money. And I was very, very surprised. Like, I don't think V's ever texted a producer to be like, hey, can you come over so I can tell you my side? Right. I thought it was very interesting. I think if we take ourselves out of the show, it's kind of shitty to do because she's essentially like talking shit on her husband on camera and right. not having his back. And I I think if I had like an unbiased view of this situation or I was on Joe's side, I'd be like, really? Like the, the way that it probably should have went was her like kind of confronting Joe and like mm-hmm. telling Joe her feelings not a producer without him there and like you know she didn't tell joe that she was texting kale like right yeah but yeah yeah as somebody that's like not on joe's side in this and like i i do like v i found it great i completely like agreed with what she was saying i was actually shocked that joe didn't tell her that he filed for child support before he did it yeah i was shocked by that too i was like huh So he did kind of do this, like, knowing that it could maybe be wrong if he didn't say anything. Absolutely. Because V would have been like, no, don't do that. Come on. Like, you really... I think that V very much has a better understanding of how Kale acts than Joe does. Mm -hmm. um, And how to talk to Kale than Joe does. And I think that she probably tells Joe a lot of things. Like, go over to Kale's house and say this to her. Yeah. Um, And she... I think they very much have a relationship where V kind of like tells Joe what to do, but like not in a controlling way, but she just like has a better understanding of the world than he does. So she kind of like helps him along through life. 
Yeah. Um, and when, like, when she said, well, I don't know if I wrote down exactly what she said, but I was just, oh God, I'm looking at my notes and I started writing Brie notes in the middle of Kale. <laughs> but first of all, I wanted to say that I really hated V's born to mom shirt. And I just want to oh. all mom apparel. Oh my God. Oh, kill me. I was like, what fucking target clearance at the end of the the rack, did you find that? Like, That's exactly in the same basket is like a broken like uh, nail polish. Like I can picture in my local Target exactly where in the store that would be. I know, I know, me too. Next to like some Burt's Bees, it's like missing like a couple chapsticks that's on clearance. Like you know, you know where it was, and I hate it. I hated it. And um, she, I did appreciate that she was like, I need to moderate them and like force them into talking. Right, but. I just couldn't believe that V was like, because V says, basically says that Joe didn't tell her that he did it and that she was like, well, why wouldn't you talk to her first? So I get, I do understand that like Joe was mad that Kale didn't go for the modification, but I'm still like sitting in the camp of like, why didn't Joe just like file for the modification immediately when they got 50-50 custody? And like, why didn't he, I agree with V, like, why didn't he talk to Kale? I also agree with her in the sense that, like, she was obviously, especially when she realized that um, Kale wasn't, like, even talking to them at all, like, given their past, I know Mm -hmm. that she probably thought, like, this is about to become a whole thing, Mm -hmm. and for an entire year or whatever, we're not going to talk, and I'm going to get blamed for it, so I may as well just jump in front of it, and obviously Joe didn't care enough to tell me that he did it, so I'm just going to, like, I'm not going to like be blamed for this for a year and then have to go on a reunion and defend myself. Like I'm just going to end it and do a three minute scene in the kitchen where I explain my side of it and be done with it. Like they can fucking do their weird thing. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think that that was smart of her Yeah, because she, you're right. Like this is going to be all season long. Mm-hmm. And V was like, okay, how do I, I mean, I guess V's a little smarter than I gave her credit for. <laughs> yeah. Basically decided like, how can I control this narrative? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how can I spin this? So, also, I think, like, it's not a good look for V and Joe that they want so much money from Kate. No, it's not. $2,300 is a lot of money when both parents, like, when Joe and V are, like, both employed, like, it's just, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for one nine-year-old child, you know? Like, he's on a diapers, he's not on formula. Like, it is especially when he's only there half his time. Right. And I think that V knows that, first of all. And I think that, as she said last week, like, I think she doesn't want to take Kale's money. And she's mm-hmm. embarrassed about the idea that people are going to watch a show and be like, why does your bum ass want money? I agree. And, like, to kind of um, piggyback off of what she said in the kitchen about how, like, they had worked so hard to... Mm-hmm make sure communication was the number one thing like joe knows how kale is and he knows how she'll react to certain things like this is a betrayal and like doing that to kale is like the end all be all worst thing that you could possibly do when she's been like let her walls down around you and been like you know vulnerable and talk to you about her relationships and asking you for advice like that her reaction to that is going to be terrible and he should have told her you know what i mean like it's ridiculous. He should have like sat her down and had a conversation with her about it to confront her like that on camera and have her like look stupid and not know what was going on and then be bombarded by like, Oh, by the way, I want, 
<laughs> in her words, $60,000 from you tomorrow. Thank you. I also think it's a betrayal of V who has like laid on the floor and let Kale walk all oh my over God. for this, for the good of Isaac and for mm-hmm. the good of their relationship as a family. Like Kale has taken, I mean, V has taken years of abuse, of abuse from Kale and irrationality, yeah. like from irritability, Kale being irrational, Kale being downright mean to her, Kale trying to make her the bad guy. Like V gets the brunt of it. You're so and right. If I'm V, I'm looking at Joe like, yo, fuck you. Yeah. Like, this isn't just you that Kale's going to be mad at. Kale's yeah. going to be mad at me. And I've worked so fucking hard. And I've spent, I mean, they've been together for like six years at this point or seven years. And for six or seven years, I have let Kale walk all over me for your benefit. So your yeah. relationship with her can be better for your son that I love and I care for, but that is not my son who I've made many sacrifices for, including moving to this state away from my family. And V has like really sacrificed a lot of herself. I think her, like her sanity so that she and Joe could have a good relationship with Kale. And so for Joe to go and light something on fire, you know, he like pulled V into it and she's like, hold the fuck up. Right. I didn't agree to this. Like I didn't agree to pushing our relationship back. And now I have to deal with Kale. And it's like Joe in that moment, filing without the full support of V really burned V. And I think V was very rightfully angry about that. Like I would be rightfully angry about that because although it is Isaac's son and also it puts V in a shitty position because she doesn't actually get to protest you know what i mean like it isn't yeah. her child like she can't go to court and be like no no we don't we changed our minds like we don't both agree to this so it's not going to happen she can't go to even to kale and say like i'm so sorry like i'm gonna get joe to change his mind because she doesn't have any like legal rights in this situation right if i was kale, if i'm v in that situation i'd be like How dare you? After all of the progress that we've made, not just like for the good of Isaac, but for my sanity, I finally don't have to deal with her acting fucking crazy on me. Yeah, and the people who love her. I mean, like, you know, she was probably thinking like, I'm about to be getting so many fucking death threats now for like a few weeks from like fans of the show because I look like a bitch again and I look like we're, we look like money hungry, like psychopaths who don't have any compassion for this like woman who has three kids. Like, <clears throat> it's not a good look it made them look really it made him look really bad and it's jarring considering like now we've gotten so used to like seeing joe like, yes he's like the main you know the number one communicator in the entire franchise you know yeah and somebody that like has always seemed to put isaac's needs above his mm-hmm. and at least for the last five years and who has grown so much and i think that v has an eye for that and yeah let me try and nip this in the bud. You know what? I was really proud of her. Me too. I, I thought that she handled this in a way that she could have gotten on there and been like, yo, fuck Joe. And right. she didn't do that. She could have gotten on there and been like, fuck Kale. And she didn't do that. And I think that she, I think she handled it also, I will say like very naturally. It did not feel forced. It felt like this was like a natural organic position for her to take. Mm-hmm. And that it made her look great. Like, and if I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but this could have played out in a way where I was like, okay, V, 
Like, right. sure, sure, hon. Like, right. <laughs> I'm sure you care. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. Sure you want to moderate V. But, like, she did in a way that I'm like, oh, yeah, V wants to moderate. Like, that's great. I was going to send you a picture of Kale's um, middle finger that they worked into a doodle. <laughs> but I, <laughs> my camera was too far away. <laughs> and I didn't feel like getting up. But, like, she is so immature. It's unreal. Oh, we didn't talk about the fact that she walked into Isaac's basketball game in a tank top with no bra. (laughs) (laughs) And then she, like, realizes where she is and, like, what she's doing and, like, zips up her shirt. And, like, look, I'm all for, like, a braless moment. I have big boobs and, like, love not wearing a bra. But, like, that girl, like, she had, like, a a tank top with, like, a built-in bra on it. Like, her boobs are too big for that, like, for (laughs) the child's basketball tryout. (laughs) she was so i get so sick of like i'm actually exhausted by the the kids games i i i I would like to avoid all soccer and basketball games from here on out i just can't the tension that she is so fucking childish sometimes like you're really gonna just not talk to anybody in your life at these games good job isaac (laughs) i didn't realize your dad was behind you oh there he is joe standing five feet away Good job, Isaac. And it's like, <laughs> like, this is so weird. I don't... And then at the soccer games, it's uh, the same thing, except like she's like literally moving out of Javi's way while he's coaching and like not looking at him. It's like, oh, <laughs> get over yourself, dude. Let me tell you, my parents weren't very like involved in my life. Like I understand that this is like, maybe Kale and Joe are actually in the right, but like my parents never came to like, like they would come to some games, but the idea of like both my parents, even oh my though they were married, being at my basketball evaluation, my mom would be like, pick you up in an hour. Little girl, like, same. Like, same. I would be literally standing up on stage singing like Winter Wonderland, like in my fucking alto soprano, wondering where my mom was. And then I'd see her like waiting outside, like waiting for it to be over so she could take me home. <laughs> Really, what would have happened is I would have been on the team with a friend and we would have carpooled and like her mom would have dropped me yes. off and like my mom would have picked me up. Like, <laughs> like it wasn't even Kale's custody time and she like came to the evaluation. Like, I know. And they're I mean, like, living- God bless her. That's wonderful. But like my parents were not doing that. And they're like living out a full like, like parent trying to figure out how to like navigate whatever thing three people four people sometimes awkward as fuck on the field involving everybody it's just so it's so immature and like dramatic for no reason like you no matter how mad you are can like say hi at a soccer game get over yourself there were like nine adults at that soccer game for lincoln (laughs) literally literally never in my life did anybody care literally Which, like, who can blame them like soccer games are so fucking boring like i know like truly no hard feelings like towards my parents for that like especially when mom, the kids are too young to even know where to kick the ball it's my like, mom would like and you know what god bless my mom she probably sat she she did sit through the games like absolutely when i was especially little and like on a saturday morning soccer game yeah i don't remember my dad ever being at them <laughs> my dad just like went to the shore every weekend so he's just he's like i have to go fishing when he's like, <laughs> it just so happens to be at the same time i can't yeah. help it like <laughs> any outdoors season like sports season my dad because my dad goes to the shore every single weekend from april to like november and has my whole life and to go fishing and so like 
I'm sure he almost never came to any of my soccer games. My mom's like, let me get these goddamn orange slices. <laughs> <laughs> these fucking honey packets. <laughs> dragging them. She's like, you know, I'm like, my mom worked a full-time job. And she's like, God, fucking damn it. It's my turn to bring snacks. You know, I used to tell my mom all the time. I, I tell her still, like, whenever I can, how lucky she is that I'm gay. Because I'm like, I'm like big and I'm fast and I'm like pretty strong. So if I were straight, do you realize like how fucking athletic I would have been and like all the sports I would have been in and the money you saved? Like you're lucky that you had a son that like only cared about making sure like your hair extensions looked good before I went, got out of the, the fucking car to go to school. Like you're lucky. You're <laughs> you know, I, I occasionally sang soprano in a winter choir chorus. Like fuck off. Have you ever been to it, like, as an adult, been to, like, a child's concert? Oh, my God. I recently went to one. Oh a literal God. nightmare. It is ungodly. Like, and I, it's so funny, because I remember thinking, like, I am literally putting on, like, a Super Bowl-level performance <laughs> up here, like, <laughs> singing to the best of my ability, serving face and, like, motions, <laughs> and, like, it is so fucking boring and stupid. <laughs> So I remember, so my, one of my best friends when I was a kid had, she was like the youngest by like maybe 10 years. And her older brother was like, like had graduated college when we were in like fifth grade. And I got the lead in like our school play. And he goes, it's probably just funny that the kid with the speech impediment has a lot of lines. And I was like really upset, but looking back, I'm like, oh my God. probably. Like, oh my God. I, I forgot that we talk had- funny. He didn't say speech impediment. <laughs> like said that in the 90s do you remember when we first discovered that we were both going to be doing podcasts and I was like did you know I, like we like that was the first thing that I ever told you I was like I grew up with a speech problem and you're like me too and I was like this is actually very this is me conquering a fear you're looking at two speech class graduates <laughs> r's and w's are no longer a trigger for us oh can you roll your r's um because I can't at all and I think it's because they had to like train me how to say an R and like, I don't think I like my brain has the capacity to understand how to roll one. What would be a word that I would roll an R for? Let me like try and do one. You know, like Cardi B or the Kardashians. Okay. Thing. Um, yeah, I can roll an R. I can do like an okr. Oh yeah. Uh, see, I can't do it at all. And I really think part of it is like my speech impediment. <laughs> I think that um, being like just sat in front of a TV as a kid and having Michelle Tanner teach me how to speak was like my actual problem. (laughs) I mean, the TV raised me. (laughs) For real. Okay. So uh, Becky comes over and Becky and V were the stars of the show. And I will say Kale tweeted like at least three things where she was like, I was wrong. Becky and V were right. They're always right. And I was like, good for you. I mean, good. Although I think Kale kind of is that classic case of being able to be like, I was wrong, but then make no changes towards her life and like doing better <laughs> next time. I think Dr. Drew would uh, agree with you on that. And she, so Becky, I am a Becky. I really relate to Becky in that like, my life is very calm. I give good advice to my friends. I tell them mm-hmm. like how it is, but like I'll have one or two like Kales in my life because I just like their drama and chaos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I have one friend where she'll like come to me for advice and like I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. And she's like, Oh, I know. And I think that like when Becky was like, somebody has to be an adult, and Kale was like, What? And Becky goes, 
probably not you though. <laughs> sent her, like you're not going to be the adult, are you? And Kale was like, ah! <laughs> like I, was, I like deeply related to Becky in that moment because I think like Becky, I bet Becky's life has like no drama in it at all. Like yeah. at all. And Kale is just like that one friend of hers where she kind of lives vicariously through it a little yes. bit. Yes. I have a friend that will like call me and I like lay the phone on my chest and I just listen to her and then she's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm sorry, does this bother you? I'm like, genuinely, it does not. And no. I love it. And like, I want more, like keep talking because it's so <laughs> entertaining because my life is so fucking boring. I agree. I'm very much, I don't have like a very chaotic life at all either. And I'm like pretty chill, but I do give very like, um, I give very like, that sort of advice to my friends, but I also don't take it for myself. I'm that friend. Like I'm your, I'm your good hypocrite, Judy, that will yeah. literally give you all of the advice that I should be taking and berate it. I will, I'll be sort of mean when I give it to you even, but I won't apply any of it to my own life. At Troy's all. a tiger mom. Yeah, I am a tiger mom. I give really hardcore. Um, I'm an ENTP. I can only think logically. Me and Kayla are the same gal. So yeah, I love, like, Kale was so angry at Becky. Becky's like, okay, so talk to Joe. She's like, guess who texted me? I know. She thought they were going to have a kiki in the kitchen and talk shit. <laughs> totally. And Becky was like, okay, you should call her. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> She for real thought that they were going to talk shit together. She was so excited. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> uh, Kale... I Kale actually specifically said now I don't know if this is true, but that V told her that she wanted like V told Kale that she wanted her to know that she was not pushing him to do it, and I was like, this girl needs to. The, v is making a case for herself, and she's going to sit at that reunion and say, Mm-mm, no, no, Doctor yeah, Drew, you're right, and like how crazy like she knows how to talk to Kale so well now, so well like, that text had all the things that you need to say to Kale like. Oh, did we skip the part? Oh, we did. Okay. <laughs> we need to quickly discuss this. Is one, Kale, before the basketball evaluation, when she was talking to her producer, Patrick, who is literally, as you said, a vase that Kale, like, monologues to. <laughs> yeah. Um, she said, we'll see if he even comes to the evaluations at 9.30 a.m., like, implying that Joe is really lazy and doesn't get up. So I did, like, that dig, because I bet that's true. I, th- I think Joe's a pretty lazy person. I could see it for sure. Absolutely. And then she also said, if he apologizes to me, I'm going to tell him to go fuck himself. Go fuck yourself. I'm not getting your daughter a Christmas gift. And I get what she's trying to say in which like our families have really moved forward. I get your child gifts because like, I care about you and your family and I want you all, I want us all to feel like one family, but it sounded so fucking childish. I'm not getting your daughter a Christmas gift. Like who says something like that? Like really? Really? It's and that's why Kale's so infuriating. Because if she said like, like if she had said, it's so frustrating. Because we got to the point where like I know when Vivi was born, I like thought I didn't want anything to do with her, and now like our relationship is so good. I like give her gifts. Like I care about her. She yeah. has so yeah. much to me as Isaac's sibling. I love that like her and Lincoln are close in age, and all the kids will play together one day. Like I feel really hurt, but like that's not happening. But no, what Kale says is, I'm not getting her a Christmas gift. Like, that's like Kale leaning into not giving a fiddler's fuck if you think that she's a good person, if you want to hang out. She doesn't care. Like, she doesn't care. She'll denounce a child on camera. Like, 
It's crazy. Remember, what was it when Nicki Minaj, like, was hating on baby Stormy for getting, like, Travis Scott attention? Oh, yeah. Kale really is a Nicki Minaj, now that I think about it. She is. She is. And uh, as as with Nicki, I don't, I can't imagine that Kale is able to maintain uh, female friendships at all for a long time. No, I think she has very few long female friendships. And I think, well, I think, to be fair... It's probably very hard to be in your mid-20s and be like a reality TV star Mm -hmm. and make hundreds of thousand dollars a year and like live in Dover, Delaware. And all of your friends are like early 20-somethings and like poor and like struggling or in college. And Kale is not meeting many people who are at an equal place in their life. And... I think she and goes into these friendships like with such an unequal power dynamic like right away because she has this like weird she has like this totally inaccessible life to anybody else in Dover, Delaware. Yeah, you're so right. And like I always uh <laughs> this is actually something that I wanted to bring up to you that always makes me laugh on any Teen Mom episode. It's like obviously this is a show about these girls, so like their orbit, like everything has sort of like orbit around them. But I would imagine that they're all like pretty fucking self-absorbed because they're so used to their drama being like national news. Yeah, you know I have thoughts I mean? with Chelsea when we'll get to it with Chelsea because I have some thoughts on that. But yeah, <laughs> like how but how could you not be? Yeah. So like you get into these friendships and for someone like Kale who, and also like Kale moved away, like she's not living in the same town she went to high school with. So she like doesn't have her high school friends there. And I can't imagine that it's like that easy to make friends that one, like aren't out to use you, like Mm -hmm. don't want you for clout or money or whatever. And, or two that like, you don't create this weird dynamic because it's like, well, I want to go on vacation. So like, let me just pay for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right. It's true. Like, and they're, they're, I mean, they live in the most Midwestern middle American yeah. Walmart at midnight. Cause we're bored towns like in the country. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they're around they, people that are nowhere near on like their level of what they're going through. And they have 2 million Insta followers. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes me laugh when like, I don't know, like, they'll be, like, eating lunch or something with, like, one of their friends, and they'll be like, yo, it's so hard, but I'm going through, and then their friend will mention something like, yeah, it reminds me of when I was abused, and then it's immediately right back to them, they're like, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, Corey's insane, like, it's just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they just exactly. Zero fucks, what? and obviously, like I said, it's, like, a show about them, so it's not like we're gonna get a segment of Christy from hair class talking about her childhood or whatever, but, like, it's just funny. No, I, I think you're very right. Like, I can't imagine the sense of reality any of these girls have. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, their little mundane drama is, for the past 10 years, has been, you know... Newsmaking, literally. Yeah, headline news. Like, they're dumb little shit. Like, they're all warped. Oh, it's, it's really sick. Um, So, Becky cares about Isaac and is like, you have to talk to the father of your child. Uh, you need to be an adult. But I also like that Becky just like kind of laughed about it because she like, she one, like doesn't care about Kale's yelling. She's like, and two, knows who Kale is and like mm-hmm. accepts her for who she is. So I kind of like that she like came in, gave her advice, but like was still laughing about it and like not being a bitch about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
She doesn't like cower to Kale the way everybody else does. No, exactly. And I bet I would not be surprised to find out that, well, she's gone to like some MTV reunion stuff, but I would not be surprised to find out that like they go out for meals and Becky pays for her on lunch. Or yeah, that for sure. Oh they, I, would, I would bet that the two of them, compared to some of Kale's other friends, have a more like symbiotic relationship, a more like equal footing relationship, even though Becky, I'm, I think I can make an educated guess that she does not have as much money as Kale. I wouldn't be surprised if like where another friend, Kale would be like, let me grab the bill. And Becky's like, no, I got it this time. Yeah. Or like every yeah. other one of her friends would be like, okay, thanks. Yes, for sure. Yeah. She does seem like a real down ass bitch, you know, a real good friend. Yeah. Like not that even necessarily that all of Kale's friends are using her, but like, I can't say like if I had a friend that was a millionaire that like always wanted to pay, if I would be like, no, I got it. Oh, hello. Are you kidding me? Oh my <laughs> God. Are you kidding? Except I would still offer because I have fucking manners, but like yeah. when they insist, like, if like I have some friends that like I know have a trust fund and I like let them grab something, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, it's a hard position to be in as that friend. Well, especially when, I mean, not to like, not that we're skipping ahead to Leah, but especially when you have a friend that lives in like, we can uh, go there. A, a holler. It's, um, as I it's love to call Leah. Them. We can go, <laughs> okay. right to, we can go right to the holler. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have a friend yeah. that lives in a fucking trailer park and you're, she's making millions and you you're at, of some fucking shitty pizza place. Like, girl, you better pay for it. By the way, because we're now doing, if you guys don't know, if you're not on our Patreon, we're doing EBP bonus episodes. And sometime in the next couple months, I'm committing right now to Troy and I doing a bonus episode on the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. Shut your gut. We just haven't had a platform really to do it before, but we can do it as a bonus episode. Girl, I'll leave a $20 in my boot. Sign me up now. I got nachos. <laughs> yes, that's. <laughs> yes, do that. I'm excited about that for yeah. real. People have been asking me like for years to do it with, like for us to do it. Like I'll rant, I'll constantly get like an Instagram DM or like a comment. Like I watch a wild and wild, what the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia because of you. And this is like literally, <laughs> I watch it every year, just like touch base on where I am. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and see how it affects you this time. It's just, it's a touchstone for me. I don't, like, since I saw it, I probably saw it in, I don't know when it came out. So, like, maybe 2010, 2011, like, a while ago. Yeah. I saw it years ago. And, like, since then, every year, I just, like, it's like, okay, let me, let me see where I am. Let me see where this world is, like, in comparison to the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. I would be honored, like, truly, whenever you want. Iconic. Fucking <laughs> iconic filmmaking. <laughs> And I do get, I, whenever I watch Leah, I do get a lot of, uh, just yeah. a lot of flashbacks of like that wonderful, wonderful movie. I, li- I live for Leah's scenes right now, by the way. I'm living for her. I'm living for her, but I'm also like, no, I do think it's funny. I think her and Jason are very funny and are adding a, a lightness to my hate. Like, I'm like, okay, Leah, like you dumb dumb, but it's very light. Right. Not, there's not like. I think Jason's like creepy and like weird, but I also don't like it's he's not like David, like he's gonna murder all the kids. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like um 
it's light. Like you said, like it's yeah. easy. It's not like he's like wielding a, he's like, a, not like rocking them to sleep with a gun in his hand. Like he's not nodding off while she's driving. Although she is yeah. driving literally every time they show her driving. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, um, it's silly and light and he's just easy to laugh at. And I also, I texted you the other day that I really enjoy when the teen moms introduce a man anyway, because it feels like just, it's just insane. Like yes. the way that they try and, present him or whatever and they're like very much in that phase right now i thought that during this episode we're going to talk about leah right now but just in comparison i actually found brianna's boyfriend her new boyfriend Mm -hmm. to be very comfortable i thought that they seemed to get along very well i mean in this in the car scene when he picked her up later he was like very stoned and like couldn't keep his like head fully up and (laughs) So, like, I'm not going to hold that against him. Like, he smoked a lot of weed. And then, like, MTV was like, how do you feel? (laughs) That's tough. But in the scene where he picked her up, I was like, I think I really like this guy. He was funny. They have some inside jokes. There was, like, a comfortableness. But he wasn't, like, overstepping at all. Like, he seems to have – I was like, wow, this is, like – it seemed very natural and organic in a way that it almost never is when they introduce their boyfriends. I 100% agree with you. I also feel like he is not trepidatious or really like cautious of her life, but he's observant. Like he's like watching in a way that feels like the way that any of us would be if we were like all, all of a sudden on camera and this girl has a bunch of baby daddies and this crazy family and all this shit. Like he's, respectful and he doesn't get involved and he just sort of observes yes all right let's talk about leah first but okay okay so jeremy is home from work and okay here's my theory on this jeremy storyline i think it's a hundred percent real i think jeremy is not an emotionally involved father i don't think Mm -hmm. he ever has been i think that's a surprise to no one right but i think that leah is talk 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 talking about Addie needing a daddy so that jason can be her daddy I when I was gonna say the same thing. I feel like she's trying to tee us up. Yeah, Jeremy or Jason loves Addie so much. He <laughs> loves the girls, but like especially Addie. He just like you know he like loves Allie girl and like Racy like gets along with, but he just is like a special role in Addie's life, and she knows she can't do that with the girls because she knows the audience likes Corey exactly and she i feel like she is really 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 excited that the girls on camera have been so responsive in the way that like she thinks we would hope like i can't even fucking express to you how many times i rewound and laughed from my diaphragm when they came or when she was gonna like when he like came to her house or whatever and I feel like it may have been when he was, like, being first introduced on the show. Oh, the and, flood uh, episode? When he yes! Her. Oh, my God. And he came in, and they were giggling. And she was like, are y'all excited? Y'all love him so much. Here he comes. He's coming in. Y'all are so excited. It's like, oh, my God. Like, it's like Luann from King of the Hill with children <laughs> and a new man. Honestly, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, it really is a Luann. I know. I'm having a real moment at... Of realization right now wow <laughs> y'all are so excited you're giggling you're excited to see y'all new daddy here he comes and like, <laughs> yeah absolutely so i think i think she really 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 like is teeing up how awful jeremy is and it's like 
yeah, we all know, hon. Like, Jeremy's a bad dad. News at 11. Like, yeah. been like, there, done that. Also, I love how, like, Addie will be like, I'm sad, I miss daddy. And then, like, Leah goes and sees Oreo, and she's like, Addie had a breakdown. Oh, my God, I know. And I'm like, was that off camera? Like, <laughs> what? Are we talking about different things? Like, oh my God, was like, I, I thought Addie was like proportionately sad. Like, oh, I can't see my daddy. That's yeah. Like, like totally, like reasonably disappointed, but like nothing worth noting, like nothing out of the ordinary. She And Leah like sees Oreo and she's like, it's just so sad. Addie cried herself to sleep again. <laughs> I'm like, did she? She said, Daddy, Daddy, and she woke up from a night terror. It's just like, it's just so insane. It's like, oh my God. When the fuck did Leah start saying, hey girl, hey, to everybody she came in contact with? Like, she's fucking Kelly Ben Simone on her Snapchat. <laughs> um, I'll have you know that it's since she found love. She's in love, and she is, Leah is lighter this year, and there's a reason why. She is. She's definitely, like, you can tell, <laughs> she's happy. Like, she's getting dicked down. She, yeah found a guy with a nice house like she is definitely happy and i'm in a way i'm like happy for her except of course she's moving too fast i don't know if you know this Troy, because you've been behind on the goss but they have like a full-blown breakup and they were broken up from like october and then mid-december he popped back up and they like had all their holidays together and were so in love oh okay really she even gave an interview saying that he was like at a bad time in his life and they couldn't be together Oh my God. No, I did not know that. So I'm like anxiously awaiting because it's starting to get colder. If you notice, Jeremy and Leah were quite cold standing outside of their cars. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, it it has to be October. Like, Oh my God. When is this breakup coming? Um, So they even have like a full blown like breakup at some point. And I don't know. I just like, it's so obvious to me what Leah's doing that she just wants us to like be obsessed with this guy and like think he's literally perfect and that her girls love him so much. And I do think it's very interesting that I guess Leah has figured out that the audience likes Corey and that she's focusing this on Addie and not the twins. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that the way Leah has been able to navigate like our perception of her is actually pretty fucking wild. True. If you had told me, like, season five or six, Leah, when, like, up until, you know, she, like, went to treatment, and then that season she came home from treatment, she was really bad. That was actually, like, the worst she had been, and Mm -hmm. then she started to get better. Like, if you told me that post-treatment season, whatever year that was, like, that she would be as aware of the MTV cameras are as she is now, I'd be like, no way. Because she's, like, it was like MTV wasn't even there. Absolutely. There's a definite, like, awareness. Like, she, like, gets it now. You know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. figured out the formula and things Eight that she shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Things that she should and shouldn't be saying or showing on camera. Like, she finally gets it. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, like, I can't blame her. And I, I don't feel like I can judge her for feeling lucky to have found this man because she knows that she comes with all this baggage. Mm-hmm. She's got the cameras and she has a child with like health issues and she's got a bunch of kids and baby daddies. She's been married and divorced a bunch of times. Like, yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah. she's found this like seemingly nice guy that like wears polos or whatever. That's <laughs> true. I think that she is, okay. 
I would wonder how many people she knew growing up that like wore a suit to work, kind of like Caitlin and Tyler. Like, yeah. I wonder how many people, like business people, Leah has known in her life. And so I think she sees Jason, like, I think she truly can't believe that a guy with like a good job, a good house, like, would even want to look at her. I agree. Like, it's, I, think she feels like lucky that any guy would want to even like give her the time of day which is you know which is sad in itself um and especially with what she's got to choose from around her yeah in the holler (laughs) you know what i mean i mean he probably is the bachelor in that fucking town yeah i mean she definitely like Corey and Jeremy were very similar in, like, the types of lives they lived and their emotional unavailableness. Yeah. I think she, like, definitely is probably just, like, I think she's, like, reveling in the fact that she, like, found a guy that seems mature and he, like, cares about being a dad and he seems to care about feelings. And, like, I think that's all great. I just think what she's not realizing or what she doesn't care about is that she, like, this instant family shit's never going to work no matter who it is. Right. And that like, rushing yeah. into it isn't the answer and that all she, like, rushing into things doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Am I talking myself into liking Jason right now? Maybe. Like, <laughs> I think that she is being blinded by all of this stuff and, like, not taking this at a reasonable speed like at six months in like he shouldn't be coming to doctor's appointments with you like you guys should just be meeting like he should just be meeting the kids like (laughs) now tell me everything the doctor said and be very specific okay (laughs) i care so much i also think that jason needs to be fucking careful about what he says on camera about her baby dads oh my god can we talk he's like like jeremy's the scum of the earth basically who the fuck do you think you are? And then at the end of like saying some long, crazy rant, it's, but you know what? I don't want to overset my bounds. I don't know I, him. I don't know him. I don't know him. And I know as a father for me, oh my God, like. <laughs> That's exactly, he goes, as a father, I think any father that doesn't take care of his kids is the scum of the earth. Now, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, I don't know. But I do know that if you don't care about your kid, you should die. I'm and not saying like, Jeremy should die. I'm just <gasps> saying in general, that I would murder anyone who didn't care for their child. Not, 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 not Jeremy. I, no, I didn't now that's say that. me. That's me, though. I don't know. I don't, that's just me. I'm just saying for me as a daddy. <laughs> it's like, all, all that matters for me is taking care of my <laughs> child. Now, if somebody else is want to take care of their child and doesn't want to ever talk to their child and doesn't ever want to see their child and doesn't ever want to, communicate with their child (laughs) and if they hate their child well i just don't get that but me me i would not do that i wouldn't do it now that's me and i love that she's like looking at him with like emoji heart eyes like she is coming uh, she's climaxing as like she first of all i love how they'll like sit at the table and like hold hands at the table and it's like take it take your hands apart from each other And that, okay, I think this, I I just had a bloop, little moment of clarity. The reason that it creeps us out so much isn't what he's saying. It's the fact that they're acting like such, like a honeymoon stage couple mm-hmm. while their communication and the things they're saying to one another are of a married couple five years in. 
Yes, it's insane. That was like, a good realization. Fuck, that's you're so fucking right. It's like you guys barely even know each other. Call barely. The fuck down, sir. Because they're acting damn. like only a brand new couple would like get would put on their camo shirt and blazers and their sweaters to go sit at the kitchen table and would hold hands against across the kitchen table as they discuss what a terrible dad Jeremy is. Exactly. And like, have they not learned? I mean, has she not learned that like, we can see when you're faking it? We know, like we know. And I, I completely understand. Like, I feel like I would want a redemption too. Like she wants to just look like I'd on camera. Well, she, and that's like what Janelle wants. Like, yeah, just a moment. And won't get. And Leah has been getting it. Yeah, she has. She has. She really has been like really killing it recently. It's just like, you know, a moment to like a season to just look like Chelsea, basically. You know? Yeah, that's what they, I mean, that's, that's the goal. What they all want. <laughs> so just have a Chelsea season, just one. Yeah. And I think Leah, for the last like two seasons, has definitely been getting like an amazing edit. Amazing edit. I think she's. Mm-hmm really well i think the fact that Corey seems to trust her a lot with those girls is like a very good indication that she's doing significantly better than she was yeah but i also think that like that she needs to wise up a little bit with this guy and what she's letting him say on camera and i think that at although she is very aware and she's done so much better i think that this is like the area in which she's blind yeah also i thought it was funny where she was like I'm going to confront Jeremy. And then she's like, Oh my God. Like talking. She goes, so do you, uh, you want to take her every weekend? And he goes, yeah. Like, by the way, she's mad at you. She is so mad at you. I was so sick. I was so sick. I couldn't get up. <laughs> oh no. Okay. okay. But you're going to take her every weekend. When are you going out of town again? Okay. We'll talk later. And she, goes to, she goes to Jason and she goes, you know, I sit up for myself. I told him he has to take her every weekend. And I'm like, I was like, when I was, cause you know, like I ha- almost half watch cause I'm taking notes as I'm watching. Yeah. Wait, did she? And I like rewound to the car scene. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Like, oh, that was her standing up for herself. I was twirling her hair and being like, okay. <laughs> like, she wasn't like, hey, you need to spend more time with your kid. Please take her every weekend that you're home. She was like, okay, well you'll take her every weekend. And he was like, yeah, for sure. I'll pick her up on Thursday nights. And she was like, oh, okay, okay, great, great. And, like, all of this shit about, like, you know, I don't want her, you know, long-term to be affected. It, you know, I know how it affected me. She needs a father figure, blah, blah, blah. Nothing. <sighs> Nothing. When we got that, and you, even Oreo, who has the same parents as her, was like, bitch. Like, girl. Surreal. She, did you notice that there was not a single thing from Victoria that was, like, yeah, I know. It was really hard for us to grow up without a dad. I know. I you know. Think, you would not think she was talking to her sister in that. <laughs> not at all. I actually have to always, rem- I have to like remind myself. Yeah. Like though she was speaking to her, like somebody that she's just become friends with that doesn't know any of her life. She's like, well, you know, and I didn't grow up without, I didn't grow up with a dad. And not like, like to me, I feel like it'd be impossible for me to be like, well, you know, like our dad wasn't around and that was like hard for both of us. And like, yes. I hate to see with my girl. Like, it's just so weird how like detached she had her literal sister who's very close in age to her, like from this conversation totally. Cause Victoria didn't 
didn't seem to have any problems with not having a dad there. That's what I'm, this is, see, this is my favorite thing. Like, I live for how unaware and self-absorbed these girls are when they talk to their friends, like, at pizza or whatever. It kills me. I'm like, you have no idea that you just sounded like such a narcissistic bitch just now. Like, no idea, looking her dead in her eyes. I know for me, and it's the same for the girls. (laughs) I was like, oh my god. (laughs) So yeah, I think Leah just needs to to be careful. Yeah, with Jason I agree. And what she allows Jason to say about Jeremy and how she turns it. I think, well, I think she's trying to be Chelsea and that she wants us all to view Jason as, as the coal and that he's going to come in and save Addie yeah. from evil Jeremy. But I think the issue is, is that none of us think Jeremy is a bad guy. Right. I, not... I shouldn't say none of us. I think that most of the audience generally has no problems with Jeremy at all. And they may think like, yeah, I should be around more, but like, that's it. And so I don't think the audience is going to take well to a storyline of Addie getting a new dad, because I think we all very much feel like Jeremy is still her dad and very present in her life, even though they tell us that he's not. It's just for whatever reason, like at least for me, I never watch this and feel like Jeremy is like a total awful asshole where with Adam, he was so awful to everybody around him that we were like, yeah, fuck Adam. I hope he dies. Like, and Cole can be the new dad. And, uh, that's just like not how I feel with Jeremy. So I'm not like, Oh, thank God. Jason's there for Addy. I agree. It's like, you're unfortunately like, that's not going to happen for you when you're, you share a television show with a girl who like, her fucking husband can't even be on it because he's homophobic and scary and like wields guns. So, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, so he's not around as often because he's out in the fucking coal mines or yeah. whatever. Um, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, if that's the very the worst thing happening, then... Jeremy doesn't yell at her on camera. Jeremy isn't mean to Addie. Yeah. When we see Adam and Jeremy together, he's like very funny and active and like present and they have funny scenes and... Yeah, we get to see sweet moments between them still. Yeah, it's just, it's never going to be an Adam situation with Jeremy. No, no, never. Thank God. Yeah, like, thank God, and thank God for Addie. And I think, like, at least when I'm watching, I'm like, Jeremy really needs to call her more, but I'm never like, Addie needs a new dad. Yeah, (laughs) she seems very well-adjusted. She's, like, one of my favorite kids in this entire franchise. I wonder what she's going to be like when she grows up. I just, like, what's the blonde sister's name again? Gracie. You know how much I've loved Gracie too, because she's mm-hmm. terrible. They're very similar, Gracie and Addie. Yeah, they they need to be like they like would be really good candidates for like commercials or something. They're just like very funny. Yeah, well, and, they're, I uh, mean, they're like child actors. Yeah, and they're Judice girls. I think that like she's gonna really have her hands full with Gracie when she's older. I think she's just gonna be constantly fucking reading Leah for filth and throwing all her insecurities in her face and being a true tyrant. They're the new Melania and Gia. Gia. Yes. Yes, for sure. And then there's like other ones and you're like, oh yeah, there are other sisters, but like they're not the <laughs> yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah. Gabriella. Oh. By the way, have you seen a picture of Adriana lately? Because when she shortens her hair, she looks just like Gabriella. And I'm really surprised because I thought she was going to look more like Teresa. Um, yeah, I have recently, and it's exciting to see all the girls growing up to look like they're part of the same family. Let's just say that. Yeah, I, like, when, because, uh, Jessie, who frequent 
Feathers, my hair guest sent yeah. me a picture or sent me like a test. So she's just watching Real Housewives of New Jersey for the first time and was like, Is does Adriana have a different dad? And I was like, Do you mean Gabriella? Because yeah. in my head, Adriana has always looked a lot like Gia and uh Melania. Yeah. But then she was like, No, and she sent me a picture of Adriana, and I was like, just like I think of just her, and I was like, Oh holy shit, like she actually looks just like Gabriella. And then I like showed a picture of all four of them and she's like, oh yeah. And then I, because I'm a psycho, I found a picture of Joe's mom, which is who Gabriella looks like. Um, and that's now I guess Adriana looks like her too, but I was really surprised because I thought she was going to grow up to be like the third, you know, like look just like her mom, Gia Melania do, but she's looking more like Gabriella now. Wait, have you exposed your doppelganger yet or no? Who's my doppelganger? Um, she's a Dubro. Oh, right. No. Tell everyone. <laughs> you guys, right now, pick up your phone and just Google, because this will be easier, just Google image search um, Heather DeBro's children. It is, like, when you look at them, you would literally think that they are, like, that Liz, like, came from their family. It Which, is It makes sense, wild. because they have a Jewish mom and a Christian dad. So we have similar genetic makeup and which one is it it's max i think it's like the, her second daughter one of the twins it's not yeah. coco it's not coco it's i think it is max it's fucking unreal like and i sent her a picture of me from when i was like the same age as her and we look like exactly the same except that girl has a cuter nose <laughs> <laughs> they make like the same facial expressions like they same hair color same part like it's yeah. crazy <laughs> he like sent me a picture of it and I was like yeah that looks just like me <laughs> I was like are you are we positive on your parents or do we need a 20 or uh, what is it called 23 and me yeah to be fair though I have one of those faces where like people constantly tell me that they like meet someone who looks like me all the time I want people to weigh in like just bombard Liz with DMs if you think it's true yeah. I believe that it's um it's like almost creepy it's like oh we are all just like there's like five faces and we're all just like versions of different faces really yeah, I mean you know it's possible that like Heather's family and my family came from the same shuttle in Poland <laughs> like 400 years ago like there's not that much variation between Ashkenazi Jews like truly <laughs> it's amazing you guys google it as soon as you physically can like really all Jews like there aren't that many of us and like <laughs> there's no you know like a lot of us came from the same small villages so like <laughs> that's what a lot of us look like um anyway let's go to Brianna quickly who okay. went to New York as we said like I really I I just liked her boyfriend I thought it was funny when he was like did you bring your pepper spray because it was such like a good way to be like I think Lewis is an asshole without like being weird and like stepping into the middle of your relationship that I know nothing about. He's just like, you're going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, I'm, I want to run a theory by you. Cause these are like my thoughts when I'm watching her, her segments. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she reminds me of a 16 and pregnant episode, but the way that she deals with like the men in her life. Yeah. Like, it's weird, like, when it comes to raising her children, she's so assertive, and, like, she just, like, doesn't even hesitate, and she, like, does what she has to do, and she'll sacrifice anything, and she's such a, like, a hands-on mom. Mm -hmm. But then, when it comes to, like, her baby daddies, like, she's so, she's passive in a way that only a teenage girl who hasn't been put through it would be. Very, I, 
Yes. I it's like, agree. well, I think she's incredibly shy. Oh my God. Like crippling almost. It feels like. Why it's crazy that she's on a reality TV show. <laughs> no. Well, let's be real. She's only on it because of her family. Yeah. And because Brittany and Roxanne and that's how like they've developed all of their dynamics. And yeah. I think the reason that she doesn't seem shy with her kids is because usually when she's with her kids, she's with her sister and her mom. Mm-hmm. So she is like being her normal self. Um, but when, even when she's with Shirley a little bit, she is, I think just like a naturally shy person. Yeah. And, but no, I think you're exactly right that there's something, which is why I thought her and John in the car were kind of refreshing because yeah. she seemed more comfortable with him than she usually seems when she's dealing with guys. But there You're is something so right. like, like when she would be with Hop, like Brie would sit there in like dead silence. Yeah. Or like even like at the, the reunions and like the checkups or whatever, mm-hmm. like she just gets like bulldozed by the other girls when they're all together. Like she's just like, I don't know, it's crazy. But I guess when you have a sister like hers. Yeah. Your mom like hers. Yeah, like you're used to just kind of being like the passive one. There has yeah, to be plus, one. I think okay. I think she's a little slow. I I agree with in you. In the head. A little yeah. Well, yeah. Just well, a little. Like I think yeah. she probably has some learning disabilities, which like no shade, so do I. Me too. Like I think, yeah, I mean, like you're talking to two speech class graduates. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not, I think she is somebody that I bet had trouble in school. Mm-hmm. And so her mom and her sister, like, kind of bulldozed people out of the way for her. And I think she, like, never developed, like, a quick wit or personality because, like, I think her mom and her sister kind of saw her as slow. Right. So they kind of, like, pushed her into that box and, like, developed a personality for her. And so I think when she's not with them and she's very shy, she's probably not very sure of herself. And it really, you can see it shine through. Cause she even, I'm telling you, she does it with Shirley. Like she'll be like, well, you know, like, I don't know. She like speaks in that low voice. Like she has a different voice when she talks to her mom and her sister. And I think you're, she's very on one hand, I think when she's with the kids, she's pretty mature. Right. And when she's talking to her sister and her mom, she's pretty mature. But then, like, she acts like a teenager and a lot. She has a lot of mannerisms of a teenager. Yeah, like a like a. It's like a girl who, like, I I know I mention this every time I come on your podcast, but like, I also have a teen mom. <laughs> I did, <laughs> and like my mom, I re- I remember watching my mom go from, like, this switch happened with my mom at a certain point because she was my primary caregiver, and this thing happened with her where all of a sudden, like she had gone from being this sort of passive, soft-spoken young girl who was like 18 years old mm-hmm. to like a few years later, having been put through it, yeah. you know, paying for school clothes and putting me in school and summer camp and all this shit. And she's like a 19 year old kid, like, like a sort of like, um, no fucks attitude became like my mom's personality when it came to dealing with my dad. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like after so long, it's like, I'm not going to, you can't like remain that shy girl. Like it's yeah. wild. And she gets put through hell by these guys. Um, and she, you would think that it's like, you're finally meeting up with him. Like she kind of like flew across the country and like they're meeting up and. Yeah. You know, MTV was like 
can you just see Lewis next time you go to see John? <laughs> right. And like you're going there to see Lewis. <laughs> and even during that meal, she was just, you know, giggly and playing with her straw. And, you know, she kind of like said her piece or whatever. But that would be, I mean, the conversation that she had with him would be like the first conversation I ever had. It wouldn't be like the millionth conversation while my kid is like not a newborn. Yeah, it's also like Lewis is awful. He's horrible. Oh my god. You know what your daughter looks like? I was like, oh, that's sad. And his excuse of like, well, it doesn't feel like you like dealing with me. Bitch, maybe I don't. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, I also found it like, I felt for her when she was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to go there. He's going to apologize. He's going to say he's going to do better. And then he's not. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And it's, it's sad watching her like try and get him to care when really he just doesn't care no you know? he doesn't care at all he just doesn't like he can come up with creative ways to try and, and figure imagine, out like whatever but imagine finding out your one-year-old has to get surgery and your oh response God. is a sad face emoji like holy shit that's sociopathic stuff that is actually it's scary it is yeah, and then you they- don't even call and like pretend like you want to be there yeah, and even when she sat down, he was like, how's the baby doing? She, it's like, oh, you mean from the surgery? <laughs> from the full week? The full week that we spent in the hospital? Yeah, she's good now. Thanks. Like, what? I Like, even if you're, like, a not-shit dad and you, like, don't really care about being there and, like, you know you're not flying there, you, like, call. Right. And you're like, oh, I can't get there. I can't take off work. But, like, you at least pretend to care. Like, Lewis does, I think that's something very scary about a person that, like, doesn't even pretend for, like, I find a person that won't perform very scary to me. And by perform, I mean, like, to society. Like, (laughs) I find a person that, like, will not, I think it's because I was raised, like, with such, like, manners were very, very important in our house. And, like, and I also grew up in, like, a very waspy, like, environment where, like, everything is so performative. And, like, there are certain things that you say to people when you see them and like you have these certain conversations and it's funny I was like we digitized all our home videos and I was like watching old home movies and like I can see those adults like having those conversations you know what I mean like speaking the same way I was like taught to speak to like other people like these same people that are like still in my life like the parents I know the kid you know what I mean like yeah if I oh if I saw them today like I would talk about the same thing that's like being talked about like I don't know I was just raised in like this environment this very like waspy like this is how you speak to other people this is how you act with other people like you don't I'm not exactly sure how to describe it but like I completely get what you're what you're what you're saying though so people who don't play into that and I don't mean like I understand being like, this is all bullshit. Like, I don't really want to deal with this. But like, if you won't even pretend to like perform for me, like I'm very wary of you. Yeah. Like most dads on this show at least perform as, like, it's also scary with Adam. Like he won't even perform. Like for a while he did. Yeah. He performed as a man who at least wanted to try and be a dad. Now he doesn't even like, willing to perform so it's it is scary like it's scary that he like is so cut off that she sits down in front of him you're seeing this woman for the first time she's had your kid who just was cut open and you are you don't even care yeah like you can't even murmur up enough 
fakeness to like really ask how the kid was doing. I worked with this person that I really did not like. And something that really bothered me is I sat at the front desk and every morning she would walk and I say, hello. And she would like some days grunt at me some days, like not even lift her head. And it's just like, I don't care if you don't like me or if you're in a bad mood, but like you have to be unhinged to like not understand that you say, hello. Yeah. That to yes. me, like, you are totally unhinged. If you not perform the basics of like, hi, how are you? Yes. You somebody you fucking hate. Like you're not right. I 100% agree with you. It's like, it's a boldness that is like unstable. It's I, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> You are so flagrant and you're not caring about the rules of society that like you <laughs> will murder me. As you obviously, it's like if social norms on that much of like a sort of base level mean nothing to you, like that means none of them really do. Exactly. <laughs> so like, that's why it's we, scary. We are all performing an agreed upon social contract and yeah. there are some things that you can do that you cannot do and like that's fine and like I'll let you get away with them but people who don't have like the basic pretend manners like and not and it's not just like manners it's like the instinct to understand that like you need to say hello yeah I can tell you right now and And obviously I'm not talking about just the disclaimer like if you're like you have autism or like some sort of disability, like I'm talking about like if you are a person that just like doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, like you can't even like saying hi to somebody back is like not important enough to you to even do it. Yeah. To say hi. <laughs> um and I'm I'm I don't know if this will surprise you, it probably wouldn't, but like when I watch him, I think to myself, he is so lucky that he did this with a girl like her because yeah. i know the kale in me um i would that's a great point Troy. God, i would uh, um, emotionally assault that man i really you would we give her like her mom and her sister a lot of shit and say like they're too involved with brianna but like she really they try and push her to do a lot more stuff with him and she's like no no i don't care right Meh. Like, um, no, not worth it. I'm not doing that. And even when her mom called her after, her mom's like, so, like, asking all these questions. And she's like, mom, no. Like, it, no. Yeah. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, no. It's like, they want to hear that you fucking put him in his place and, like, said the thing that they wish that they could say, but they kind of can't because it's not their kid. Like, it's insane. I, I would say it. And I think in a way, though, it's, like, kind of mature that she won't because she knows it won't get her anywhere. Right. I mean, I guess when you grow up having a mom who will get mad enough that she stands on a table at the fucking Texas Roadhouse, when you see, when you see those things happen and you see like that it doesn't actually um, like resolve anything, like she does have a different perspective on how to handle it. Yeah. But it's just like, and plus it's like, she could, if she wanted to, be all stressed out and chasing after him and It'd fighting be the same him results. But yeah, it wouldn't do anything. You can't like bully somebody into having compassion for like a kid. Speaking of Texas Roadhouse, I've been going to Texas Roadhouse lately and this is so sick. What I do is I sit at the bar, I order a small appetizer and I basically just eat the rolls. <laughs> what appetizer do you order? Like I'll get like a boneless buffalo wing and eat like three of them. It's like $8. Is, is it don't tell me that it's a bonus buffalo wing and it's like um just hot flavored it's like frank's red hot yeah it's like hot flavored 
<laughs> I hate that for you. No, they're it's- like not even good, but the rolls are so <laughs> fucking good, but you have to order something to get the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they do have good rolls. They're so fucking good. Those warm rolls and they're like gl- dumped in butter and then it comes with that like <laughs> apple cinnamon butter on the side. Yes. I feel so like I literally eat until I'm ready to throw up and <laughs> eleven dollars for my diet coke and my boneless buffalo wing oh and i'm like bye i live like a five dollar tip you know i live like a 50 percent tip because it's like my bill was so cheap <laughs> yeah i haven't been to a texas roadhouse in a long time but i do love their bread oh that's my suggestion to everyone because their food is not very good so Mm-mm. like you just go there you sit at the bar and you eat like eight rolls and like one half of your appetizer Texas Roadhouse is one of those places where the um the servers are too enchanted okay. by the, like the chain of it all. Let me tell you some things. One, ha- they have a version of their shirt because they all they have a couple different versions of their shirt. I noticed one, of course, was like "I love our troops," and I was like, "We get it, Texas." Yeah. Another <laughs> version of it, it says on the back, "I love my job," which is like terrorism. <laughs> server wear a shirt that says i love my job is like the rudest <laughs> fucking thing in the world like no you do not no server at texas roadhouse loves their job so of all they do this birthday song that's like really truly horrific and once the bar was full so i sat at like i had them seat me you know like at a two-person booth like you know just like a little thing yeah and i was like hi i'm sorry because i usually like because I worked in service for so long. Although, honestly, my tip ends up being the same as, like, two cheap meals together. Um, but I'm like, hi, sorry, it's just me. And she, like, sat down and was like, I love a one-top because then I can, like, sit down. And I was like, that was not an invitation. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Slow your roll, sis. <laughs> the last time I went there, it was a few months ago, actually, and it was somebody's birthday. And I don't know if this is the same at all the locations, but ours just so happened to have a non like a, it was like a, a saddle placed on like a block of wood like it's like mm-hmm. a mechanical bull idea but it mm-hmm. isn't fully executed and it was like eight people's birthdays and i kept hearing like saddle up get on the butt, 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 happy yeah. birthday butt, butt. and they do like this like yee hot like with a loud yes. clap oh. <laughs> and then i turn around and it's some eight-year-old girl fucking booting and rooting and tooting <laughs> on a saddle in the middle of an empty dining room. I'm like, I can be out of here. But the rolls. But the rolls, the butter. I'm telling you. I love well, you guys know I love a chain restaurant. <laughs> I do love that. I, I want it's like I want that to not be the case because I hate them so much. What are you gonna do in five years when they're all gone? Mm, they'll still be there, don't worry. <laughs> I mean I love like real food too. Like tonight I went to like a beautiful Italian restaurant. Like okay, okay. I love like real food, but I just also love a chain restaurant because I love to go out to eat by myself. Like and I like to just like sit at the bar and have like an eleven dollar meal. <laughs> but you know people who like like do you have anybody in your life who like will only eat at a chain? Not really. I know there are people like that and I I'm really not like that. So that's why like, I don't feel, you know what? I, I don't feel bad about it because it's like, I'll, I'm like somebody that will go to like a nice ass restaurant and spend a hundred dollars, like just on food. Like yeah. I love okay, to I do love that. that. I love, Oh, I love, Suddenly I, love that. It. I love to do that where it's like, let's get five appetite. Like I love a beautiful, like a $50 steak, like sign me up any day. 
Yes, okay. I do. I love a person who does appreciate the amenities of a chain because I love to go to one too. But then there are people who will only eat at chains. Like my friend's girlfriend, they, whenever like we are deciding where we're going to like go out to eat, somehow her girlfriend is always like, it's either Fridays, Applebee's, Chili's. I'm like, girl, are you living in 1998? <laughs> where, where like ladies night was a bunch of women filled up at Fridays eat ordering pink squirrels. Like what year is it to you that there's no other option? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm a nice mix. Yeah, that's a good, I like that. I feel that's, I like that. Because sometimes at like noon on a Wednesday, you do want a two for 22 at some place. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so that's really all that happened with Brie. Although I did laugh when John, her boyfriend, she was like, I know you have to walk into like a lot of stuff in my life. He goes, I haven't walked into your mom yet. (laughs) I was like, Jesus Christ. No true words have ever been spoken. <laughs> but I liked it because it didn't seem like rude or offensive. No. Like it seemed like he had a healthy understanding of Roxanne. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so true that she would think it was funny. Yeah. Ex- exactly. It was it was just like kind of poking fun, but not in like a cruel way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm into it. I'm I'm like I support their relationship. Maybe Same. one day I'll do a Smush Room episode on them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You never know. Okay. Let's go to Chelsea, who had quite the week. And I yeah. saw her being dragged by people online. And I loved it. First of all, I don't know why. I've yeah, been watching this show for 10 years. No, no. I, I know why she's being dragged. But okay. I've been watching this show for 10 years. I've seen... I mean, I've seen a parent pull a gun out with their child in the front seat. Yeah. But for whatever reason, this stuff with Aubrey and Adam is getting under my skin in a way that I'm like, this should not be on television. Um, the stuff with the will? Just all of it. Like, all of it. I don't yeah, like right. that. I think, my, I think what it comes down to is that I... Except that Chelsea's a good mom, right? Like, Mm -hmm. she's a good mom. And I just cannot understand why she's allowing, like, the biggest trauma in her daughter's life to play out on TV. Oh, yeah, I get what you mean. I 100% agree with you. I think that her, I think that Chelsea has, even though I've, I just want to also say, I thought about this before we recorded today. I used to not like Aubrey. (laughs) I know a lot of people didn't. Okay, and it just makes me feel gross now. Cause well, like, she was a brat, because Chelsea was a brat. She was a brat. She was like a spoiled I'm little princess brat. Papa! <laughs> and now she's like the most like, beautifully developed, amazing, perfect kid ever. I love I her know. so much. Um, but I do feel like her relationship sometimes with Aubrey is like, it reminds me of me and my mom when I was little, because I was my mom's best friend, and we were too close, mm-hmm. and now we're full Norman Bates. Um, <laughs> but, like, they're too close. Yeah. Like, she talks to her like a friend. It's inappropriate. Yes. So I think why it, like, gets me in a way that nece- it doesn't necessarily get me with the other kids is, one, that, like, Chelsea literally has no drama or storyline outside of Aubrey's trauma. And yeah. that's, like, upsetting to me, because... I understand none of these kids volunteered for this and none of these kids said that their life could be on TV, but like, like Janelle 
her drama is so crazy that, like, I know Jace's life is going to be trash no matter what. Like, whether he's on TV, whether he's not, it's trash. I mean, I understand, as I've said a million times, like, I don't like to think about the ethics of Teen Mom. The show shouldn't be on the air. No children should be on reality television at all in any way. Trust me. You guys all know that I feel that way, and I just choose not to, I have to compartmentalize that, put it in a little box, wrap it up, put it at the top of my closet, and never think about it again. Yeah, yes. But I think what, like, gets me for Aubrey and Chelsea is that, like, Aubrey's life is so normal and, like, so fine and good and happy mm-hmm. that it's, like, very sick that this, like, pretty traumatic thing just plays out on television without her consent. I agree with you. And the way that it's handled is so, like, like, you would think that they were talking about, like, her favorite teacher not showing up to school today. It's not, yeah. like, it's handled with such, um... I don't know, like, with, like, no, like, grace at all. It's just, like, this is her dad. And, like, I know that you think that Cole, like, fills this void that she has or whatever, but, like, that is not the case. I just think it's handled so gross for her being, like, did he show up? He didn't? Oh, Oh my God, so annoying, right? Are you mad? Like, what the fuck are you doing? It's your daughter. It, yeah, exactly. And I think, like, when the other kids' lives are so bad, you're like, oh, what's reality TV going to add to it? Like, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, with Aubrey, it's like, I feel bad saying this because it's like, yes, Jay should be allowed to have privacy too. But, like, there's just something, like, really sad to me that Aubrey isn't going to get to, like, remember her childhood as just, like, normal. Like, with, like, oh, I had a shitty dad. You know, like, my dad was shitty. He, like, stopped coming around when I was five. Like, yeah, it sucked. But, like, when I was, like, 12, I got over it. Like, Mm -hmm. she's going to be like, well, I have a shitty dad. And, like, literally, it was on TV every single week. Yeah. Like, on October of 2017, he didn't show up to our mediation. And then the following Tuesday, um, he also missed our appointment. Like, it's just, like, I don't know. I just think it's handled so gross. And then, like, constantly putting it into her head how bad he is. Like, we, she knows. So... Chelsea is so desperate for the audience to, like, think of... It's so weird, because Chelsea is so obsessed with, like, this Pinterest perfect family, and, like, all she wants us to believe is how much Aubrey loves Cole. Yeah. And my thing is, it's like, we know. Like, Cole's yeah. a good person. He's oh been there God, every yes. fucking day for Aubrey for the last however many, four years or whatever. He's there for his other kids every day. Like, we have eyes and ears and hearts. Like, we understand that Aubrey loves Cole. Right. We don't need to know that, like, Aubrey wrote a to-dad note. That oh, my you're, God. And let, like, unless Aubrey, like, walked up to the camera and was like, I'm writing this to Cole and I'm going to put to-dad. Like, that would be like, oh, that's so fucking cute. But when Chelsea is, like, giddily telling Mandy, like, oh, my God, we tell you what what Aubrey did for Cole. And let me tell you, she came up to me and she was like, I'm going to write this because it's going to make him happy. And it's like, Chelsea, you don't understand that Aubrey's telling you that because she knows it's going to make you happy. Yes. 100%. 100%. Like that moment when they were in the car and she was like, um, Oh yeah. I want to talk about that. <laughs> she told her to put him on speaker. And she's like, well, I think you'll just like him on speaker because you like how he reacts. Yeah, it makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. 
I meant to screenshot this so I could use her exact words, but Jesse Uze, who's been on this podcast many times, said, sent me a text that said, but it, of course it's like in the group text, so it's 9,000 years ago. Um, and it was literally like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, Liz, remember this? So you, and I'm assuming so I can mention on the podcast. If not, sorry, Jess. Um, but Jesse told me that like when she was young, because she was raised by her, like her single dad who then got married, that she like loved it when her stepdad and her, her stepmom and her dad would talk shit on her mom or like include, like, or she would like make her stepmom feel good because it made her felt so included. Mm-hmm. It like gave her attention yeah. and it wasn't like she, I mean, and it was a similar situation. Her mom was a real Adam. She's talked about this on the podcast. Yeah. And so it wasn't like she didn't actually have problems with her mom, but she was like nine you know, and like, she wasn't doing it from a place of like genuine, I want to talk bad about my mom, but she was doing it from this place that she like loved the special attention that it got her. If her dad like engaged with her. Of course. It makes you feel like you've invited, been invited to the grown folks table. Yeah. Like you're involved in this, like, you know, weird, crazy adult thing that, and you're like, they're, they are, they value your opinion on it. You know what I mean? And it's like, she has three, two little siblings at home, you know, and like, I'm sure they take up naturally a lot of attention because babies need a lot of attention. And now there are two babies. Right. Aubrey gets this special thing just for her. And that's talking shit about her dad. Yeah. Just constantly talking shit about him. Like how disappointing he is and how he'll never show up and Cole show up. I know Cole would. It's like, we get it. Everybody knows that Cole is a good guy. I think, I think if I was Chelsea in that scene, I would have waited for Aubrey to, I would have been dying to know if he came, like obviously dying, but I think I would have waited for her to present the information to me. Or if not, I would have asked her and like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. And she's like, can I call Cole? Like, do you mind if I call Cole? And it's like, what do you, why is she even asking Aubrey's permission right. to call her husband to speak to him about this. Like, why Why is Aubrey... Because it wasn't, like, a private personal conversation. It wasn't like Aubrey got her period. And she's like, is it okay if I talk to Cole about it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it did not seem to me to be something that, like, was permission needed. And Agreed. I didn't understand, like, why she would need to call Cole at that exact moment. Like, if I was Chelsea, I think I would try really hard not to ask in the first place and just like let Aubrey tell me then if she doesn't tell me I would maybe ask because I'm like a nosy bitch she needs to know but then I would just talk to Cole about it later I would send him a text yeah like it it was just so like overblown for like and then the really funny thing was that Cole was like not like he like didn't give a shit at all he was like all right well just like we knew yeah I just think it was weird that like almost Chelsea's first instinct is like, can we incorporate Cole into this, Aubrey? Yeah, so we can like spill tea together about your dad? Like, what? Like, there's no way that Aubrey doesn't put together, like, as soon as I tell my mom this disappointing thing about my dad, she wants to call Cole. Yeah, so we can gossip. It's like, it's just weird. It's so fucking weird the way that they're handling this and like, it makes, I mean, obviously it's like really, really sad. Like, it's just like heartbreaking and like, I'm so, I'm so devastated for the fact that, like, her sister was adopted. I think that's so sad. Oh, my God. I know. I know. It's I also, crazy. I'm still not sure that Aubrey knows what adoption is. I know. I was going to say, because I just, like, binged so many episodes of your podcast. Like, 
when you were talking about um, the way that they presented it to her was like just so inappropriate. Like she obviously doesn't know what it means. And it's like, now it's like scary. Yeah. And why would she know what it means? It makes her think that her dad's going to be like exiled and that he won't exist anymore. Yeah. You can tell that (laughs) Chelsea's so mad. She's like, well, because Adam lost his other child, his mom is making sure that he's around. It's like, that's not a bad thing. No. And I understand. I agree. Like, Donna should not tell Aubrey, like, daddy's going to come tomorrow. If she, mm-hmm. because he is unreliable. And if daddy comes and shows up, like, it can be a great surprise for Aubrey. Like, I 100% agree that, and if I was Chelsea, I would maybe talk to Donna and be like, hey, like, I understand why you told her. You probably just didn't want her to be, like, caught off guard. But she's been really disappointed with him. So if you can maybe just, like, not tell her. And then he's totally more than welcome to take advantage of like his you know his rights to go eat lunch with her at school but just like like in the future like i would just appreciate if you didn't say anything to her right but like chelsea is framing it essentially as a bad thing that her that grandma's trying to get adam more involved do you also feel kind of like um i feel like because of the attention that like aubrey gets from this like whole situation I feel like sometimes her reaction is, like, performative. Oh, how could it not be? You know what I mean? Where she's like, didn't show up again. Yeah. Oh, no, no, she does, because she looks at the camera when she does it. (laughs) It's very, like, you know, she's, like, playing into this, like, bit that they're all involved in. She's mimicking Chelsea. Yeah, so true. I mean... One thing I noticed, I just want to say this quickly, when at the end when she was, like... Because Chelsea, you can tell Chelsea hates that Donna goes there for lunch every week. She's like, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. And she just doesn't, she wants to make sure that Adam doesn't lose custody, et cetera. And then she's like, Aubrey, do you like that Grandma Donna comes? And Aubrey goes, why? (laughs) Yeah, like, what do you want to know? Like. Yeah, like, that was weird. Like, you could, so, I, and I think that that moment, Aubrey wasn't performing. She yeah. was, like, she knew what her mom was doing. And then Chelsea's like, I just want to make you sure you like it. And she's like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> no, like, stop trying to fuck with me right now. Like, it, sh- you, it kill, I think it kills Chelsea that the Lynns are so involved. And it just, I just can't, in one episode, listen to Chelsea talk about how heartbroken she is that Adam, like, stands Aubrey up. And then in the next episode, she's like, Donna's just trying really hard to keep Adam involved. It's like... like, (gasps) You know, because in her perfect world, Adam literally would just have never existed. You know what I mean? I think in her perfect world, Adam would die. I think truly I agree with you. I'm not kidding. Not even trying Yeah, no, no. I... I think she wants Adam to die. And I know that that sounds a little dramatic, but I think that that would be her best case scenario because then she wouldn't have to go through with any sort of cold adoption. I don't think she thinks Aubrey would even care. Of course, Aubrey would care, but I don't know if Chelsea thinks that she would. I mean, she's been saying it for like 10 years in other words. (laughs) Pretty much, like, she tells Dr. Drew every year that she wishes he wasn't around. It's like, she kind of does just kind of wish that he was, like, dead. Like, in all these times when he's, like, cheated death only to come back and be a worse person. Yeah. You know? (laughs) She's just, like, just die. Like, you don't do anything except bring grief to my kid's life. But 
I mean, I do definitely like relate to her and Aub- like I said, her and Aubrey's inappropriate relationship. And I will, I can say that it will bite her in the ass during her teenage years. Like when yeah. Aubrey feels like they're, they're just like sisters, you know what I mean? Like hanging out and like, she can say whatever she wants to her. My mom went through a really hard time with me because of that, because I, we were so equal. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you re- you're, you're trying to stand up now. I'm like, no. yeah. Like all of a sudden you're like turning into like, um, like a, a, a traditional mom like girl. yeah no I did you notice when Chelsea and Cole were talking and they're like you know people just like don't get this but Aubrey doesn't understand everything that's going on like we do and it's like literally everyone gets that <laughs> eight years old oh my god oh my god everyone understands that the eight-year-old does not have a deep knowledge of what adam is doing (laughs) cole kills me he just like i mean bless him and thank god for him he's a good guy obviously it's been beat into our minds he's a good person but my god it's like you fucking mumbling fool like you are just like the dumbest box of rocks with a smile plastered on it like it's just it's insane i just don't understand how chelsea can't see that aubrey's performing for her and not for cole oh my god it makes me actually it's like sad like i she was like because she knew it would make cole happy and it's like if she knew it'd make cole happy she just would have done it and like left it for cole she wouldn't have been like Hey, mom, just so you know, I'm going to write Cole a note, but I'm going to write to dad on it. Exactly. Did you see? Yeah. Like, I'm sure Aubrey does that constantly. All the time. And every single time, like, Chelsea gets so happy and excited. And, like, it's the first time every time oh, she refers to Oh, you're really going to do that? You're so nice. You're so cute. Oh, my God. That's exactly what <laughs> so cute (laughs) oh my god and now that they live like their house gives me so much anxiety when the camera pans above it and it's like it just really gives me drew very more in scream vibes like they're just so far away from everything and like the johnsons live seven miles away like it's just too much I mean, to be fair, like, most things you relate back to Drew Barrymore and Scream. I know. I mean, it would be hard to find. It's actually, like, easier to find something I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it crazy? Just a quick Scream note. Like, probably one of the first movies that used a major movie star and, like, killed her in the first second. Without any doubt. Like so cool that they did that. I still watch that movie thinking that she'll live. I always want her to throw her phone at her parents. <laughs> like, just throw that big-ass phone. <laughs> but yeah, so Chelsea, like, I think people on the internet were very annoyed with just, like, how thick both of them laid it on this week. Chelsea yeah. and Cole. Because I think everyone's like, we get it. Like, uh, yeah. understand that Cole's perfect. And, like, when Chelsea's like, Aubrey hasn't brought up being adopted again. Like, it goes back to, it's like, because Aubrey doesn't know what being adopted is. Like, she, it's not, it's like, if this is something you want to do, like, get into the family psychologist, like, talk a lot about it, like, have lots of conversations. (laughs) Like, I just, I really, 
and whatever it's fine if cole never adopts her i know i've said on record like i think that she that he should but like the reality is he's probably not going to and 99 percent, like everything's gonna be totally fine chelsea's not gonna die like everything's gonna be okay right if if they never pursue adoption like everything will be fine but like this constant thing of like aubrey just loves cole so much it's like you don't need to tell us we everybody including aubrey gets it we get it like i mean i kind of completely understand how fucking frustrating it would be not that like janelle's like living some pristine life that gets like edited the wrong way but like it's annoying like everything in her life is just painted as this like pinterest life goals you know what i mean and it's yeah, like how about we why didn't do you know about this how come we didn't get to the, see the story where britney's best friend's husband was arrested trying to solicit sex with a minor Grrr, whoa i didn't know about that remember okay chelsea's friend Brittany, who i would call chelsea number two yes brown hair yes so chelsea's best friend Brittany, who has not been on the show since her husband got arrested for going to a hotel room to meet what he thought was a 14-year-old girl who was actually an undercover police officer. The transcripts are fucking disgusting. He talks about meeting her there after school. <gasps> oh like, my this is God. not like, I didn't, I like, it's so, he was soliciting sex with the minor. Not like, oh, well, I thought she was like 18. You know what I, like, it was so clearly. So he got arrested and he just pled guilty and I can't remember if he has to go on the sex offender list or not. And he's not, I think he got like three months, if that. Like, I, and I think it was suspend, like, he's not even going to jail because, you know, the justice system in this country. But like, when that happened, uh, Brittany like locked down social media. She's like not on the show anymore. Chelsea hasn't posted her on her social media. But like, that's something fucking major. Yeah. Brittany was in her wedding, like, shortly. Oh, and Brittany was pregnant when this happened. And he got, like, to catch a predator? He got literally to catch a predator. He, he was offered some lemonade and cookies while she Like, if you read. Google, like, teen mom star arrested for solicitation, solicitating sex, it will come up because obviously they were like, teen mom star, even though he was, like, never even on the show. Right. But because, you know, that's just how it goes. But, like, he, it was, disgu- like, not just, there was no accidental. Like, he was seeking out a 14-year-old. Damn, fuck me. I think me. what happened was he posted, I, I'll have to double check this, but he posted a Craigslist ad and then the undercover cop like responded to the Craigslist ad, but was like very upfront with like, I'm 14. And they like talked about school and like meeting after school. And he was like out on the road for work. Brittany was like, had just announced her pregnancy. They, this was like shortly after Cole and Brittany or Cole and Chelsea had that wet, the second wedding, the reception, which Brittany was in. And it's like, Okay, someone in your close, close, close circle just got arrested for pedophilia, and, like, that's not on the show. You can fucking bet your bottom dollar if that happened to Janelle, the person would be cast on the show all of a sudden. Yeah! And I understand, like, if Britney is refusing, like, I get why they didn't put it on the show, because Britney is obviously now off the show. Chelsea wants to protect her friend, but let's be real, Chelsea wants to protect her own, her image. Yeah, like, she lives a perfect life. They're farmers now. I'm just, like, waiting for them to get chickens and shit. And, like, I just can't. Like, I'm, I can't. Yeah. I just think it's really unfair to Aubrey that, like, this is her mom's, like, main storyline. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> her mom just constantly rubbing it in her face how bad her dad is just for like, just to hear her daughter talk about how much she likes Cole. That's so annoying. Like when she said that, I was like, I hate that that happened for you. Like, what? And also, like, not for nothing, like, Aubrey got in the car in, like, a great mood. I know. Hi, how are you? You know what I mean? Like, she's, like, bopping along. Like, you think, like, okay, let's get her home. Like, she'll get home. I'll ask her how her day was. Like, but Chelsea's like, hey, did your dad show up? The one, the one when he didn't show up to, like, the planned meeting, which seemed like Mm -hmm. it was going to be like, a big enough deal that he would show up. That one did genuinely make me really sad. And yeah, it was so sad. It was heartbreak- heartbreaking, and she did genuinely seem affected by it, and, like, I thought it was cute after that they went and got ice cream. Like, yeah. that was a time where I was like, all right, I get it. But now it's, like, this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole thing. It's like she thinks that because Cole is there, it, it, it's, that it's, like, okay for them to talk about it like this because she has a dad. Yeah. And it's like, that's not how this works. Oh, Chelsea, I think that she needs to uh, course correct a little. Yeah. I think she needs to be careful because I think that people don't, I think people like Chelsea and they like Cole because it feels like it's an attainable happily ever after, happily ever after for people, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. like everybody's had an Adam and so they're like all waiting for their Cole. Mm-hmm. And I think that she <laughs> to be careful if she goes too far into like the forcing it mm-hmm. realm because I think the whole attractiveness for them is that people feel is that like she's organic and natural which is like not words I would use to describe her at all but like I think that's how the general public views her yeah I agree I 100% agree like it's gonna end up biting her in the ass eventually that she just like projects this ridiculousness on this it's like we get it I just, I can't take it anymore. I'm so, like... I really want her off the show. <laughs> I can't bear it anymore. Like, oh, my God. The idea of watching, like, the show coming back next... Imagine if the show comes back next season without Janelle and with Chelsea. Oh, my God. Uh, I would kill myself. Oh, my God. You Live may, you would, on air. <laughs> you would have to possibly exit from this the rotation of this podcast for real. I just, I just can't. But I think that's it for the episode this week. Yeah, it was a good episode. I'm, I'm, I, I missed Janelle, but I was happy. Uh, I was happy to come on for this one. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, it was a good episode. Like, it's nice when, as much as I love Janelle, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. It is nice when like the other girls have drama that I can like harp on. Yeah, it's nice to be able to like focus on things happening in their life. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, so you guys should listen to Troy's podcast, The Smush Room. What's your Instagram? What's your Twitter? Um, Twitter, I'm at under, what is my Twitter? Troy underscore McKeady. And, uh, uh, Instagram, uh, Smush under, Smush Room Podcast, or no, Smush Room Pod. Um, and yeah, we just did like, uh, we just finished the Britney Murphy's trilogy. It was great. Which was really fun. And now I'm just, I'm just back on. Mandy Moore's dick as I usually am you know what I mean so yeah it's 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 fun um also oh when teen mom young and pregnant comes back you'll come back on 
Yay. Yes, please. I love that show. I know. I can't wait for it to come back. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you so much, Troy. I'm so glad you're back in our world. I loved getting <laughs> a wild teen mom text from Troy. I was like, oh, <laughs> I know. I felt really good to Thank send it. God. <laughs> and it's funny because it was like about Jason and you like didn't get it. And I was like, and I, I think I even asked, are you caught up? I know. You literally did. I was like, he's a good guy, huh? Finally found a good one. And I was like, I was like, I was like, actually, you like Janelle's always in the wrong, but oh, because Janelle called Jason creepy for him. Like, yeah. for Leah tweeted to Kale that Jason's, she's like, Jason says he wants you to be his next baby mom, like about child support. And Janelle was like, that's creepy. And I was like, and Troy was like, why is Janelle calling Leah's boyfriend creepy? And I was like, okay. I don't want to take Janelle's side, but like, he <laughs> is creepy. He's like, you need to catch up. And you're like, Okay. Yeah. I was like, how dare she? He's creepy. All he cares about is muscular dystrophy in children. <laughs> that good man. <laughs> All right, Troy. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I love you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an emotionally broken psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.